Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shay. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and there's plenty to talk about this week, fellas. Uh, we've got, um, well, many, many things to chat about in regards to the results on the weekend. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat about how some of the suspensions uh, might impact on origin, and uh, we're heading into uh, Indigenous round, so there's plenty to look forward to this yeah, week. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we might start it off by having a quick look back at last week, just so that everyone's across what happened in the NRL uh, coming out of round 11. Uh, on Thursday night, we kicked it all off with the Cowboys defeating the Knights 36 points to 20 at Townsville. Uh, on Friday, the Warriors got the job done against the Tigers 30 points to 26. The Sharks, uh, they ended up with a one-point win over the Dragons 13-12. Uh, the Titans, they got the job done against the Bulldogs, 30 points to 20. Uh, big upset. This one uh, would have caught a lot of people by surprise, and I'd say it was the one that ruined everyone's tips. The Roosters went down at the Sydney Cricket Ground, 34 points to 16 to the Brisbane Broncos. The Storm yet again continued with their winning ways, 34 to 10. The Penrith Panthers absolutely blew the Rabbitohs off the park out at Dubbo, 56 points to 12. Uh, there's another scoreline I don't think people saw coming, um, but Panthers fans will definitely welcome. And to finalise the round, we saw the Seagulls continue their great form against a team who's been travelling well throughout the year, the Parramatta Eels. They got the job done, 28 points to 6. So, fellas, to give you an idea of how that, um, that impacts upon the ladder... Panthers, as we say every week, they're undefeated. 11 games, 11 wins, 22 points out ahead. Uh, there's a four-point gap to the Storm, who have crept up into second place. They're on 18 points. The Eels are still also uh, on 18 points there in third. The Rabbitohs round out the top four on 16 points. The Roosters sit in fifth on 14th. The Manly Seagulls are well entrenched in the top eight now. They're sitting in sixth spot on 12 points. We then have the Dragons, the Titans, the Warriors, the Cowboys, all on 10 points. So positions 7 through to 10. Uh, the Canberra Raiders, they occupy p- position number 11. They're on 8 points. The Knights also on 8. The Sharks, 13th on 6. The Tigers and Broncos are also on 6 points. And rounding out the ladder, we now have the Canterbury Bulldogs. Well, I shouldn't say now have. They've always been there, but... Uh, Sounded a bit nicer. They're on two points there. So I'll tell you what, fellas, we're starting to see a little bit of a shuffle there. I think the um, the big indicator for me is uh, I feel as though the Panthers have been joined by the Storm there in second spot. We know Panthers are first. The Storm there in second, I feel like they've crept up to where they really belong. No one, yeah, yeah, the Storm have, um, but Penrith are outstanding. Um they're just a juggernaut. They're brilliant at the moment. I you can't look. 
Origin's going to be a bit of an issue for them, of course, but you just can't see them having any issues this year. Like, they're just, yeah, they're, they're absolute phenomenal. Yeah, I feel like saying if they're, not, if they're not going to win it this year, you got to you got to wonder it's when funny. that's going to happen. Uh, Gr- Griffo and I were having a chat on Monday. We were, we were at the point where we were like, "Do you just if if you if you're from New South Wales and you play for Penrith, you're in the side." Yeah, and they they could they could take the field and yeah, that that would beat Queensland on their own. Yeah, there's a few. We'll talk about Origin in a moment because there's a few players that are. Uh, and not there. And also, I actually think um, there's a few players that coming out of especially the last few rounds are under a bit of pressure uh, to perform and may not necessarily be the walk-up starts that we thought they were at the start of the year. But we'll leave that for a moment. We might head over to um, well, we might head over to you, Shana, just to just to kick off and let us know what's going on. And um, yeah, and, and get us started with Shana's tidbits. Oh, mate, what have you got for us this week? Uh, well, the first two bit I've got has actually got nothing to do with rugby league. Um, it's actually in Indigenous Round, I thought it was really important that we highlight uh, some of the sporting pursuits from from other codes. And, and, and uh, yesterday on the 25th of May actually was the anniversary of the first match um, that an Australian touring side played overseas. And that was, of course, the Aboriginal Australians um, cricketers that went over there in 1868. So that team comprised of all Indigenous players. And they were the first Australian side to actually go, organised side to go on tour anywhere in the world. Good and they played, cricket, they played cricket in uh, 1868. So that, that actually, the ball was bowled. The anniversary of, of it taking place was yesterday. So I thought with the Indigenous round coming up, it's a good tidbit that should come out at any time but it's um it's uh it, i think it's really important we acknowledge that so um look moving on moving on uh yeah it is indigenous rent so uh, of course we welcome all our indigenous brothers and sisters to the podcast and um and hope that this week is 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 a week that's um also on the anniversary of kevin rudd and reconciliation and you know, the, yet again, we, we seem to be even this far down the track trying to find some sort of uh, common ground and healing. But Indigenous Round I, is one that I, I thoroughly enjoy for for what we've already seen uh, last round where some teams did, did take it on board. Um, first cab off the rank, I've got a few things to say, so I'm just thinking, which, I'll do this one first, I'll get this one out of the way. Israel Folau. So we've gone from inclusion to talking about Israel Folau. That's... Not quite right timing, but um, he basically is is a stone throw away from getting um, from getting his wish, and that is that he is allowed to play in the Queensland Rugby League competition. Um, it, basically, playing round for for Gold Coast, um, not Gold Coast Titans, but in the Gold Coast competition, um, they've issued him with a fair, uh, fairly strict set of guidelines that he must follow, especially regarding social media and uh, anything like that. If, if, he, if he basically uh, goes against any of that, it'll be torn up. It, it sort of raises the point that once you get one little thing uh, that says, yes, it's a slippery slope. So I, I'm a 32, 
I, I don't know whether an NRL club would touch him. I, I dare say no. But it, it definitely looks like that in the not-too-distant future, he's going to be playing some form of rugby league uh, and it's going to be okay by Queensland or QRL. So, yeah, um, running around uh, for a team in the Queensland competition in, um, in the Gold Coast uh, competition, actually. So, yeah, um, it looks like that he'll get his wish. I know there's a lot of people... It sort of come out of the woodwork to back him. I don't know why you'd want to, but anyway, yeah. I suppose to get your head on TV or in the radio or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so it looks like he'll be playing some sort of competition. Look, the merry-go-round is starting to continue for players. We know Milford's out. Uh, interestingly, Milford's management said, uh, <laughs> why they do this, I don't know. But they basically sent a thing out the club saying that Milford wouldn't, don't bother coming to talk to us if you're not willing to offer 600000 From what we understand, the closest uh, that any club has come to is they've said they'll throw 400000 at him. So that's the highest bid for him so far is 400000 So it's looking more and more likely that if he wants that kind of money, he will have to go overseas, um, which from all accounts is a little bit reluctant to do. So if he does want to stay here, he's... 400,000 looks like where it's at. Um, talking about the Broncos and, and, and player signings, they're chasing really hard Nico Hines. And you're probably wondering, well, how the hell are they going to get the money for that? Well, Milford going, going sort of helps. But they've just got Adam Reynolds on $2.8 million. They're chasing Nico Hines. If they don't get Nico Hines, they would like to get Matt Dufty. Matt Dufty has not signed with uh, St. George Illawarra as yet. Um, the reports coming out is that, look, St. George Illawarra said, we want you to stay. We'll throw everything but the kitchen sink at you. You go out and test your, your worth. And if you come back, we can offer, we can find some common ground. We'll do that. Pretty dangerous tactic, really. You'd want to just get him signed up. Um, That's different to what I heard. I heard yeah. they were not offering him a contract. Well... I've only said I'm right. I'm yeah, just, no, no, no. I heard, I heard that. You know? Yeah, I've just been digging around this afternoon. It looks like they've said that he. Look, I, I would dare say that if you're letting a guy like Dufty talk, you're probably not going to sign him. You would have had him sewn up by now. So I reckon, I reckon there's a bit of truth in what you're saying, Griff, because I don't think that. Yeah, I don't. I, you would have had him signed up by now. But anyway, apparently. if if they want him to shop around, well, then I think that pretty much um, he's going to go because St. George, yet again, they've still got no money, even though they might have a cap, but they don't have much cash in the bank. Um, where, that, where that sort of leaves the Broncos and trying to gain money for these guys is they've told Matt Lodge that he's free to go. But it looks like Matt Lodge is going to be sign, signing with uh, the Newcastle Knights uh, with, the goal, with the Broncos to put some money in. Uh, it all looked like everything was good, everything was fine, and um, the Knights aren't happy with the Broncos' percentage at this point in time. So the Broncos are trying to negotiate what, how much they're going to pay uh, in the knowledge that anything they do pay hurts the cap down the track. So they've got to, they've got to tread a fine line. When you look sort of looking at Matt Lodge, you know, they want him off the contract. So you know a club, you know a club is very tight cap-wise when they might be paying a guy for argument's sake six hundred thousand, 
and they're willing to pay 300,000, that, 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 that they need that 300,000. So if they can't get Nico Hines, it really does look like uh, Matt Dufty, Matt Dufty um, could be going there. It all depends on, on what happens. If for some reason they should land Nico Hines, um, if for some reason he should sign, uh, Nico Hines should sign, um, it could be an interesting move for Dufty. Um, there's been a bit of rumblings around that South Sydney have been keen to talk with his manager. So I'd say post, post Reynolds and with some young guys on the books, maybe um, they're looking at Dufty. Bugger if I know where he'll play, but... but no, that's right. Mm. He's not going to um, play fullback <clears> while Latrell's there. But while Latrell's there, he's not playing fullback and, and South, you know... The, the young guys they want to keep, one of them is a fullback. So you got fullback half and five eight. And um, yeah, I, I, I sort of think that if you're going to throw money at something, throw money at something that's going to stick. So yeah, um, interesting moves ahead. Looks like that Brisbane, looks like Kevy really is is wanting to throw cash at it. Um, and we know we know that Kevy's basically saying that without. Um, Without me saying yes, you're not going to be doing anything. So he's really starting to take ownership of the team. So it'll be interesting to see what they look like next year. Because um, if, if they get Nico Hines, well, then that's that's a pretty good signing under their belt. And letting go of Milford and Lodge, there's some deadwood. So, um, yeah, that's my tidbits for this week. Sounds good, Shane. There's plenty happening. And uh, as always, you've got your ear to the ground. So uh, thanks for keeping us up to date with all that. Um, well, Griffo, we might go to you now. We might see what grabbed your eye for Griffo's grab. All right, Griffo, what have you got for us this week, mate? Uh, look, a few things, uh, but the thing that grabbed my eye the most was, and, and, and I was just sort of sitting there in a little bit of disbelief, was just the way that uh, the Panthers just absolutely ran all right over the top of the, of the rabbit holes. Uh, I'll bet you your disbelief was different to mine, Griff. Uh, <laughs> look, you know, yeah. I, I, I did. I did expect they'd win, but I just didn't think it was going to be done that 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 way. No, it's um, good. No, that yeah. that was what really grabbed my eye the most. But I want to talk about as an individual, the fella who, at the start of the year, no one really heard of, and now he's uh, he's 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 a poster boy for his club and uh, maybe for the NRL in the not too far distant future. Well, that's Reese Walsh. Um, what he did against the West Tigers, um, this guy's played, you know, I think maybe it was his fourth game, something like that. Came over from the Broncos who released him. Uh, he, he was uh, to be, and obviously the Warriors would be paying him a fair bit of cash to, to get him away from the Broncos, but uh, they signed him to replace Roger Tuivasa-Shek in the long term, but he's already replaced Roger at, at number one in the Warriors team. Um, he's dynamite. What, what he did last week, I and mean, it's not just like last week. He got off to a really bad start where he uh, 
it sort of looked up a, it was you could say it was a gaff where he didn't ground the ball and the, and the tiger player got in and, and scored didn't worry him and I think it might have even thrown an intercept pass but didn't worry him just threw the next one a bit higher try he did it three times where where he he set up tries for the for the Warriors and, and got them home. Um, the guy is 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 an absolute uh, freak of nature in, in, in the, the the ability that he's got. And um, you mentioned before, Shano, that Broncos are looking to sign a Nico Hines or a, or a Matt Dufty if they miss out on him. Well, gee, they had a Reese Walsh there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That 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 was that was they they must be kicking themselves. Oh, absolutely! Um, insane. And the supporters would be. You, you think what is going on, Broncos? Like, um, I didn't. I'd heard of him, but I didn't really know him. I'd never seen him play. Um, until you know, until he came into to first grade, but he's uh, he's in skill. He yeah. backs himself, and uh, unfortunately, he's a Queenslander. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, do you know what hurts even more, Griff? I think he was actually born in Sydney and then raised in Queensland. So he's going to be oh, another really? one of those with uh, one Sydney. of those ones. Yeah, he's one of those ones with Sydney. Where is Queensland? It's in Sydney. Yeah, but he was. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was born in Sydney. But he, he, he. Yeah, he was raised on the Gold Coast. Played all his junior footy. Okay. You know, yeah, we know he was fair. in the under 16 yeah. Queensland side. And as you said, yeah, 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 yeah. That, I, I don't have a problem with that sort of thing. The, nah. the, the one I had a problem was with with Greg Inglis, who, you know. We could have used him. Oh, history <laughs> would history would be different if yeah. if if he played in a blue jersey and not yeah. in our own one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. It's it's past. It's 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 uh, spilt milk. But um, but it goes to show that it goes to show that the Broncos they they thought they didn't believe in their own systems enough that they had to get all this plethora of other players. And it was just like this dream of very good rugby league players just went out the back door and had to go elsewhere. Yeah, and, that's how it appears, isn't it? Like, yeah, and look, you look at him now, and, and the silly thing is, Walsh, he was a great junior. He was oh, setting the world alight. He's the fullback he, from the uh, 2019 Australian Schoolboys. Yeah, he Cobra was Park. brilliant. Yep. He was outstanding. Like, you know, like I... Um, you know, I like following junior football, and, and you just think this guy's going to be somewhere, and... It just goes to show that I know you can't keep everyone. And look, I'm I'm talking to a Penrith fan who, you know, Penrith rugby league is, you know, who they've had over the years. And yeah, you just can't. It's not as if Penrith juniors can stay at Penrith. There's only 13 spots on the field. But that was one that there's just been a series of players. They've they've they haven't gotten away. They just they just thought that they could buy better rather than develop this is the outcome yeah yeah um, good move from the warriors though oh absolutely um yep. absolutely and, and and i guess probably even they themselves didn't think it was going to happen this quickly um for this guy but he's yeah. just he's, he's amazing so yeah, what he um, could he could be the electricity that they need oh absolutely uh, they, you know ball in hand um He's amazing. He's like he's controlling the game 
He's only played, you know, I think he's played maybe four games, five at absolute oh, most. I, and I agree with you. His care factor is nil. It's all, if I make yeah. one mistake, I'll now fix it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. That's... Sorry. Sorry, boys. Uh, you know, I should stop that, but uh, I'll, I'll score. I'll, you know, I'll get three for us. Yeah. You know, we'll win the game. How's yeah. that? Yeah. And that's what he does. Um, in a similar way to, you know, to the other guy that uh, the Broncos uh, let go, which was Sam Walker. Um, yeah. And they, they, these guys were teammates, apparently, in the, in the Queen, that Queensland on 20 side. Or, yeah, well, that yeah, was, yeah, again, because, they, it was. Yeah. because yeah. they bought, they thought they bought better. We don't yeah. have to, we have to do anything. We've bought it. And, and, and it's come all for naught. Gee, well, I'll t- tell you what, we're starting to see some of these uh, these stars because, as I said, he was in the um, 2019 Australian Schoolboy squad. I'm just looking at the team. That was a very good sign. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, there's a there's quite a few players that have come through and people know who they are. But, you know, you got you had Reese Walsh at fullback, uh, the Fee guys on the wings, uh, the Hammers in the centres, Sam Walker's at halfback. There's some, there's some good young players around and... It, it it just shows, I think, to your point, fellas, that um, you know, it wasn't one of those blokes that had to take a punt on. He was he was a proven uh, junior footballer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of mismanagement in Brisbane. Yeah, I mean, I know they got a new guy there now from Melbourne, Donaghy, but uh, it's not his fault. But gee, I bet they wish they they had got him there a little bit earlier because I don't think he would have let him go. No, I think this might be one that comes back to bite him, fellas. What do you reckon? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's good to see. Um, yeah, it's good to see a young player like that grab your eye, Griffo, and it's good to to have the listeners uh, aware of this because if they didn't, they haven't been following the Warriors. He's definitely one to keep your eye on, and I think that uh, he's going to be a star of the future. So, uh, good grab this week, Griffo. I thought I thought for a second there you were just gonna just gonna talk about the Panthers uh, demolishing the Rabbitohs. So oh, it was actually. <laughs> Actually, in that side, Jackson Topine, I think, was yeah, in that he was side there too. too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was in the okay. second row. Yeah, I had yeah. a hooker for the Bulldogs this week. Yep. 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 So uh, look, we'll see played, how that played goes. For the, played for the Mary All Stars earlier this year too, didn't he? Topine. It's amazing yeah, how, how many teams a guy can play for, isn't it? Yep. Nah, it's good to see. All right, for think... the dogs, he might be playing for another one next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on that note, as soon as you say Bulldogs, only one thing comes to mind. Alright, now I've got to be fair because the Bulldogs aren't my gaff this week. Um, there were a few. I was actually watching the um, the Sharks and Dragons game and in the final moments and just before that game actually was put to bed and we, we got a winner through that field goal there were a few points where I thought that's my gaff that's my gaff that's my gaff whether it be you know knock-ons 10 out from your own line or going for a field goal on the second and spraying it wide but I'm, I'm actually going to be very broad with my gaff this week I'm not choosing a, a moment in time or a particular player I'm going to choose a team and my gaff this week comes from the Sydney Roosters the gaff that the Sydney Roosters have basically committed is taking the Broncos too lightly on Saturday night at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Now, all of us tip, tipsters took them, you know, took them very lightly and didn't think that um, 
that they'd show up. We weren't sure about the impact that Kelly would make. But geez, that, that, that was just a real upset. And not only did we have the Roosters go down in this game and um, and it have a major impact on their season, we're actually now seeing the Roosters, and we'll see, we'll talk about the flow effect in a minute, um, they're going to be without Victor Adley for a number of weeks. And also we know Angus Crichton's going to be missing. Um, the Roosters... Have they lost that gloss, do you think, fellas? That um, We know they've had a lot of injuries, but we're still talking about them as contenders. Do you feel as though they've lost that gloss after a game like that against the Broncos? No. Um, they'll be up there. Uh, off night? Definitely an off night, but, you know, and I... Um, I saw the first half. I didn't see the second half. Um, I was in transit, but um, I thought uh, I thought the Broncos actually. I thought they were very good. Mm. Uh, the forwards, led by you know the guy who was on the altar there, Matt Lodge. Um, yeah. I thought he was outstanding. Lodge, um, Pangai Junior, and Haas obviously were good as well, and. Um, I thought it was a similar sort of uh, performance from the Broncos as what they put up against the Panthers, just that the Panthers were able to, uh, in the end, get over the top of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw the sort of the highlights of the second half, but um, yeah, I, 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 the Roosters still bounce back. Uh, I think it's going to be tough for them without the likes of uh, Crichton and Radley, given mm. you know the players are already missing, but. And, you know, they were without Victor Radley last year for most of the year and, and, and it bit them. You know, they, he's so vital to them. Um, what's my shame thing on that one? Oh, the Roosters. I, I, look, I've I got a few things I can say about this guy. Do I think the Colossus gone off? No, nah, they're the Roosters. They're fine. Mm. I thought that, I thought, I agree with you, Griff. I think that, um, I think we took the, the Broncos lightly, and there were some very good players for the Broncos. Matt Lodge again, uh, like you said, very good. When I looked at that game, I look at that game, and then I look at the the game on Sunday that the Grant Atkins refereed, and I just saw chalk and cheese. I think Victor Radley, though, in two of those, like it just he just hasn't adapted, and you know what. It's amazing that when a rule change comes in, that if a player doesn't adapt, they're in trouble. Like, look at Dylan Napa. Dylan Napa sort of just—he was known as one of the most hardest defensive hitting people in the NRL, and because he just used to lead with the shoulder and fly through, he had to adapt. It's just—it's buggered his—it's—it's it's just buggered his tackling style. You hope that doesn't happen with Radley because he's a very talented player. Um, but I, I don't think this is not the gloss off um, mm. the Roosters. I think injuries have, I think injuries have, are, are starting to hurt. Um, geez, that's stupid. Comment, isn't it? <laughs> of course, they're going to also but, hurt. But you know, the injuries it, are starting to take effect. But I, I do think suspensions look, too. When it leads to suspensions, that's and that was going to be my next point. That's the issue. Is that all of a sudden you've now got a chunk of players. Uh, you've now got players that, that just aren't going to be available. Yep. 
And you know what? This is what cracks me up. Like, I think last week, South Sydney gave away about four penalties hitting high. No one went to the bin. Um, but how many did Penrith give away? They got a yeah. couple. Yeah. Not many. But, but when you think about it, like... They know how to adapt. The decent teams have adapted. And I think that's the problem. You know, if you're not going to adapt, you're going to get left behind. Um, and I think the key thing for the Roosters here, Roosters, uh, and we'll, 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 you know, that's, we'll, we'll shout out to Macca because he, he always says this, that they're the most indisciplined side in the NRL and always have been. And you can't argue with him because they've always been happy to give away a penalty. The problem is now, it's almost like the penalties now are leading to, are leading to more issues in regards to, well... In actual fact, it's 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 unfair play. So it's leading to 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 suspensions. It's got a snowball effect, mate. When you've got injuries like they do, the last thing you want is Victor Radley on his backside for five weeks. Yeah, and look, let's talk about those suspensions because realistically, it's not just the Roosters that are affected by Radley being out and Crichton being out. It's the New South yeah, Wales right, Blues. Sure. So I know you fellas a couple of weeks ago in the. <laughs> yeah. um, the episode where I wasn't on board with you, um, you talked a lot about your origin teams. We're only about two weeks down the track and we've got to rethink this origin team based on these suspensions, but also the fact too that we're hearing that Ryan Pappenhausen won't be available. So I wanted to have a bit of a chat to you guys. We've got Crichton, who I think both of you blokes had as a certain inclusion. I think did both of you blokes First have... First buck roller picked, yep. it would have been. And then yeah, you have I... Bradley, who most people would have had in the squad. Absolutely. Yeah. Pappenhausen yeah. was a utility player. Number 14. And Look I'm even it. going to throw in there that there's probably another couple of players who need to be careful in regards to their form. And earlier on, Shane, you mentioned uh, the Panthers' side. Oh, Cook's out. Cook's another Cook's player. Cook's out. Yep. Cook's and out. He's people, gone. People would argue too, have we seen enough from Latrell Mitchell and is he getting picked on name only? So let's start that that conversation here. Let's talk about Ryan Pappenhausen because I know both of you guys were very keen to have him in your side, uh, especially in that utility spot. I would imagine that the New South Wales Blues would still go with a utility in number 14 and I'd imagine the main contenders for that spot would be uh, a Jack Whitener or a Clint Gutherson. What are we thinking, Griffo, in regards to uh, the possibility of one of those blokes coming off the bench or do you have another bolter that you think could get the job done? No, I've got Whiten in 14. I think Jack Whiten, you can literally play him anywhere. He can cover in the back row if need be. He's played a lot of his career as a fullback. Not that they'll, they've got, got a lot of fullbacks, but um, you can play him at six. You can play him at three, four, two, five. Um, you can play him at 13, 11, 12. Um, you, I just think he offers more versatility than, than Clint Gutherson. Yeah. Um, I'd say Gutherson's probably in better form, um, but I just think... For the for the flexibility that he offers the team, uh, I'd have White in there in fourteen. Would you agree, Shana? Yeah, yeah, I, and I think uh, I think I think for White and White is probably more able to play that roving role. Um, in saying that, um, Freddie came out during the week and 
and talked about um, Cody Walker at 14. So I just hope he hadn't, I wouldn't be picking him, but I just hope he hadn't had his, you know, barefoot walk on the grass that morning and wasn't feeling quite right. So, um, yeah, I, 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 white in a six, mate. I, I, well, yeah, don't think so. I couldn't, blue eyes got no, it. It's got to be blue eye and clear. The combination there. And the other thing is, like when we're talking about Pappenhausen, I've, I'd have Toto on the side and Pappenhausen 14 if available. Um, Whiten is playing, you know, he's playing good footy. Gutherson's probably in better form, but I don't know what Gutherson could do at 14. You know, yeah. like, like I'd, I'd want to sit, <clears throat> and that's not taking anything away from Clint Gutherson. He's a fantastic player. It's just that Whiten has had that plethora of different mm. things. And, and, if we learned anything from last year, if Ryan Pappenhausen plays last year, we win. So I think we, I think, you know, I know that Whiten had a bit of a shocker out of position. 14, you don't have a position. You rove. It's not as if you're going to get put on into the centres. It's not as, you know, you, a Ford's coming off and you're coming on and you're around that roving middle to be that extra, it's, it's that extra bit of nuisance factor. So when we look at that, I, I just think Gutherson, now even if I just think Gutherson's probably the best fit there outside of Ryan Pappenhausen. With the um with the exclusion obviously of Angus Crichton, you boy, you boys both mentioned he's the first Jeez. second rower picked. Um I'll I'll throw back to you, Griffo. How does your back row look now? So who's wearing the eleven, twelve, and thirteen in your side now that Crichton's out? Does it does it throw throw things totally out of whack or do you yeah, yeah, no, look, uh, I'm, I'm really been impressed by Angus Crichton over the last, uh, you know, probably 18 months. He, when he when he went to the Roosters first, he was struggling. Um, struggled for a while, but yeah, I think he's the best back row New South Wales has at the moment. Um, but he's going to miss the first game because of suspension. Mm. I would go with uh, Cam Murray, 11, Liam Martin, 12, and yeah. Azeo, 13. Yeah. Now, I know that won't be with what they'll go with. I'd, I'd say they might go with Frizzell instead of Well, I, look, I agree, but I would not pick a Newcastle forward. You, for you know Bulls. what? You know what? I'll, 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 go, I'll, I'll look at my crystal ball here. The way Frizzell tackled last week, he is lucky not to, have a, not to be suspended. He snotted someone last week. If he doesn't change his tune, he won't be there. Well, he, he won't have hit by Tom Alolo yeah. early, I remember. Yeah. Well, he um, hits. You know, he got hit yeah. by Tom. And I thought Tom Alomo was lucky to start on the field. Well, absolutely. I just, I just think that um, I, I, I think that they're probably going to go with Frizzell. I don't see why. Um, I'm with Griff um, that I'd have Murray. I tell you what, I tell you what, though. I would, if I, if Appy was in the side, and this is going to sound so silly, but just him, him, a thought process. If Appyside Carousel's in the side, I'd actually put Isaiah Yo on the on the fringe and put Cameron Murray in the middle, only because Isaiah Yo is just he's so good on his feet. He's got some brilliant footwork, and I just think that. I just think that out wide, he's going to be far more dangerous because Apisai Coruscant will make some room. And um, 
not that you need to tie up the middle. They can both tackle as good as each other. I just think he's got... Murray's got better hands, which means when the ball does come back in, if the ball's got to go either side, it can. But, geez, Isaiah Yeo's got speed to burn. I, mm-hmm. I, I love... I just think on the fringes, I can just see him getting on the outside. And with, and with our two centres... Um, I can see some. I can see some real havoc. Like if that ball goes to people like Trebojevic, uh back on the inside to to their sc- like that's that's going to be some very good. I just see him being more powerful and damaging on the fringes than in the middle. Because in the middle, he's going to have to do a lot of tackling. He'll be tackling all night, and I just think I, I think he's up for it though. Oh yeah, I'm just saying it's probably best left to it's probably best left to Cameron Murray. And let the guy run. I you think. don't like taking Murray out of thirteen, do you? That's I feel like we're getting in the time machine going back no, a year. Because he's not, he's not a second row. <coughs> and, and every time he gets, but is that a limiting row, factor for Murray that he can only no, play in the middle? No, but, because what no, what happens is he ends up being put back in the middle defensively. No matter what happens, whenever that guy gets chucked out in the in the center in the second row, he's always the def- and we always look at. You know, everyone looks at attack. Don't worry about attack. Look at defense. Whenever that guy, whether he's playing for New South Wales, whether he's playing for South, whenever he gets thrown out in the second row, he's always in the middle defending because the guy is one of the best middle defenders in the competition. He, he probably, arguably, is the best. So why would you want that guy camped out wide when he is so good in the middle? And no matter what happens, they always put him back there. So let's cut the crap. Leave him there to begin with. And get someone out a wide that's got speed to burn. Yo's got speed to burn. I love. I just think that. I just think that Yo's got thirteen on his back because he can move the forward pack around. Yo's got thirteen on his back because look at those number eleven and twelve. Who comes? And into Yo's the, got the skills to do it. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the um. The... the other thing is he covers. The other thing is he. He's he's covering what he's used to covering. He's look, you know what? He can cover Luai or he can cover um, Cleary, and that's his. And you know, and that's the different thing in defence. He is actually he actually goes a little bit wider for Penrith if you watch. Mm. So why not just put him there? Look, that, I think this opens the door. Um, you know, if he wasn't already in the side, I think he's definitely getting a spot on the bench now. Uh, Ryan Madison's probably the player I feel is going to be the biggest uh, winner out of this um, Crichton and possibly, you know, Bradley suspension. Uh, Would we agree that uh, he'd be in the 17, especially now, given that the spot's opened up there, Griffo? I haven't got him in my 17, but because he's been out for most of the year or, or, you know, certainly in recent times, he hasn't played a lot. Um. I, I think he's a really good player, and I know he's uh, he's been 18th man a few times. I think mm. the year before last, he, he was he was right in there. But yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with. It. I'd have him there ahead of any Newcastle forward. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, um, I, but for mine, and and this is not a biased thing, but I just think Liam Martin has been outstanding. Week after week, and, and and I thought last week when he started the game in the front row, um, he was bending the line back every time he ran the ball up Liam Martin, 
I just I would like to see him there either in number eleven or twelve or on the bench. Um, I'd be surprised if he's not there. I think he'd be ahead <clears throat> of Matteson. Yep. Um, given as I said, not that I don't rate Matteson, I do think he's a really good player. He hasn't played a lot because he's had that head injury. Yeah, I think it was about round um, eighty came back, so he's probably only had three I, or four games. Can yeah, I, I can I can I throw a bench at you guys? Because I just like Madison, like Davida Pangai Jr., Jake Trevojevic, and Regan Campbell Gillard. I can't. I'd have those three ahead of Madison any day of the week. Hmm. Are we, is anyone, tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I'm just, look, I'm just uh, thinking. Who's, who, depends who's starting. Did you guys yeah. have Paulo and... Uh... Yeah, I got yeah. Paulo and Haas up front. Paulo okay. and Haas up front. So yeah. then Saifidi would miss out? No, uh, I've left him off. Yeah. I, we haven't look, talked about... Daniel Saifidi, he had that good game and it was like his 150th, I think. He, Yeah, he's doing all right, but... Again, I just he's playing for Newcastle. I just think Martin for me is playing in a winning side in a winning culture. Mm. Um, and it's not as if Society is at that damaging best he was then. Like he's gone off the boil a bit. And I think I think what he did five weeks ago is still creating a bit of a legacy for him. Whereas I can't see it. I don't see it week in, week out. But um yeah, I got Paulo Haas, which which you know, I'd be look. I'd be happy. Who is your bench again? Sorry, Shane. Just go through look, that if, just so that we can look, be clear. Martin, if if Martin doesn't start, right, mm-hmm. you'd probably then have you'd have Payne Haas. Mm-hmm. I'd have Appy Coruscant because I thought Damien Cook's been was horrendous last week. And yeah, so this is your starting forward pack. Yep. Yep. Appy Coruscant. Then I'd have Paulo. Yep. Davida Pangai Jr., Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray. And then, did you have Jake Trevojevic on your bench? Jack Trevojevic is on my bench. Regan Campbell Gillard's on my bench. I put Liam Martin on the bench. I suppose that opens the door for, well, you know, if Damien Cook's not in your starting lineup, should he be on the bench? No. I don't know. No. I don't think so. Is Dale, think... Does Dale worth? is he worth a mention in this squad? Yeah, look, interesting, uh, Graham. I'll go through yes. the names that you've mentioned I've got here. Um, I've got Haas and, and Paulo. I've, I've given Damien Cook a chance, but if he doesn't get the job done in game one, he's gone. He's got to get the job done this week. True, That's true, actually. Like, you know, seriously. Fair yeah. point. That's a fair point. He was point. horrendous last week. He was poor. Uh, I got Murray and Martin in the second row and Yo at lock. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly care whether Murray yeah. plays 13 yeah. and Yo, yeah. you yeah. know, second row. But yeah, I want right those blokes there. I got Whiten at 14. I got Regan Campbell Gillard. I got Jake Trebojevic. I didn't have him there a few weeks ago because he, I didn't think he was playing well enough. But since Tom's come back, yeah. he's, he's Because Tom will be in the side. Absolutely. And I got Finucane at 17. I thought about Pangai Jr. He does offer something different. Um, And and look, I I would have him ahead of any Newcastle player. The thing about Pangai Jr. is 
you just don't know whether he's going to come out and play yeah. well or, or he's just going to be yeah. a non-event. Yeah, that's you know? a fair call. Um, like he's been in, he was an event last week against the Roosters. What's he going to be like this week against the Storm? Yeah, mm. you know, yeah, that's that'd, true. That'd be interesting well, to see. If he comes out and has a big game, this might be his audition. Well, he's got the chance. Like it, he, he he's got a situation where a number of guys who were ahead of him are not playing because of suspension. Um, yeah. We know that he can be destructive, but we know that he can also be a passenger. Um, and you don't want a passenger in origin. Yeah. Um, Finucane, you know he's going to give you everything. Um, he's, not going to give, he's not going to do what Pangai can do in terms of, you know, busting through the score, but you know that he's not going to miss a tackle or he's not going to, you know, just be out on the field not doing a whole lot. So, yeah. Um, I, I, on balance, at this stage, I go with Fanukin. Can I throw something at you two? Yeah. Uh, Freddie's got Griffo's side um, that you're all taking a walk barefoot on the grass and he turns to you guys and says, whiten or chorus out. What do you say? No, I got whiten. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, a reserve hooker for New South nah. Wales. I think regardless of who plays hooker, they're playing 80 minutes. And I think yep. we're better served having a more versatile player on the bench. And I mean, I, I agree, Graham. If, if, for example, Damien Cook gets injured during the game, then obviously you've got a little bit of a problem. But you can throw Luai in at nine, and, and if you've got Whiten on the bench, yeah. he yeah. goes in the six. It's not, yeah. the, uh, it's not the end of the world. You know, and, and, and really, I think, you know, I, I think we're also assuming... I, I do have our... one more for you. I do have one more for you. Okay. Yeah, you go, because I want to talk about the back line in a minute. Okay. So make sure, one more. We'll make one sure more we cover you. your stuff first, Shano. No, I just, I just got one more 18th man one. Yep. He turns to you and says, Burton or White? Jeez, Burton's in good form. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Look, I, 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 I don't think... I'm trying to be realistic and balance out what I'd pick and what I think would be picked. We know what being an incumbent's worth. I think it's a... I don't know if it would be fair... I mean, Matt Burton would love it. I don't know if it would be fair to throw Matt Burton in just yet. I think it's... um, Yeah, right, I reckon... When we go to the back line, so, I've got another I one for you. I wouldn't uh, throw Just him on just that, yet. Shane... I have number eighteen, Matt Burton listed. Yeah, I, I, you know what? We've been I think he should about, be in the squad for experience. I have, but I don't I'm, think the, he play. I'm the same with you, Griff. I've got him down there, and I'm thinking, you know what? That guy's shown far more. I'm not going to say talent. That's not a fair word to Jack Whiten. He's shown far more efficacy this at this point in time than what Jack Whiten does. Hmm. I think uh, Whiten will get the bench spot. Yeah, I think yeah, I've got Whiten at 14. Of course. I think, I I think Gutherson will be 18. 18. But the I'm thing we've got to remember too with the 18th man this year, this is the first time where the 18th player... They could get called up. Token. They could be playing. Yeah. And I think yeah. they'll I think they'll go with Gutherson in that role uh, because I still feel as though uh, now heading to the back line... That, look, let's just go through the positions we know that aren't up for debate. I think that fullback we know is definitely set. That's James Tedesco. I think Josh Adokar is in ink for one wing. Yeah. I think you'd have to have Tom Trebojevic 
in at once one of the centers. No one will argue with that. Nathan Cleary's a definite at half. I yeah. I'm almost willing to say that Jerome Luai is guaranteed the five eight spot. Yeah. I think after serving a suspension, so, that, so really you've sort of got a center and a wing spot that we can still talk about. That's the spot that a lot would say Latrell Mitchell would be occupying. I think they'll pick Latrell based on what he's done in the past and the form he's shown earlier on in the season. The funny thing was, he wasn't horrible on the weekend. No, look, he wasn't real good. Look, no, it wasn't but, his best week, but what I'm saying is when you're playing in a team back that loses four, by that, 50... But that's the thing, we haven't seen him. Four weeks. We yeah, haven't seen coming him back after four weeks. weeks. I thought... Yeah, I... I Look, I, I thought, think he'll be there, but I, I was look. I was a little bit disappointed that he couldn't stop Cleary in those tries where yeah, yeah. I think guys around as well. Like I think I mean, blown big Cleary ones. was Cleary was outstanding, but he should have been stopped. He's phenomenal, mm. particularly mm. that first try. That first try, yeah, it was a, just you know he he wanted it more. The one guy yeah. didn't want to stop him. One guy wanted to, but that sounds good for that. Yeah, but that's like we're talking about Latrell Mitchell, who's got a lot of kilos mm. on top of Cleary. You know, he should stop yeah. him. Because realistically, if they do, for whatever reason, this is a big hypothetical because I, I, I think we're wasting a bit of time here because I think he'll be in the team. But hypothetically, if Latrell doesn't play, we then start to talk about uh, uh, the contenders are probably, and I know you're going to shoot me down here. This isn't my opinion, but you'd have to talk about Whiten. Then you've got Gutherson. Um, and even Stephen Crichton, I think people will throw into that uh, that conversation. Are we happy to go with Latrell? Do you think in this centre spot? Do you think he's the best man for it? I'm happy to go with Latrell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this wing spot. I I, I believe you boys are as I am, um, pretty keen on uh, Toto taking this spot. One hundred percent. Yeah, Toto. Does anyone? I, I know else... there's been talk about you know under the highball and whatnot. Yeah, uh, he, he proved I'm a little bit more concerned about his one-on-one defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't like the high ball, you know, you know, it's a 50-50 pretty much most of the time. Um, no one runs the ball back better than Toto in the competition. If you talk about meters gained. Um, but there's been a couple of times this year when like, like, you know, I'm talking about as recent as last Sunday. Munster went past him, and I, that that concerned me. Mm. Um, Saab from from Manly got past him, but Saab gets past everyone. He'll yeah, get past yeah. yeah. Well, you form. know, Josh Mansour uh, <laughs> doesn't have much speed. No, and uh, he was able to run around him. Uh, that, that did concern me a little bit, but uh, I, I I would have him in there, Brian Tottle. Uh, I think. Yeah, I like him. I think anyone that can run a. Trade. I think he's he's got he's built he's built for Origin yeah, yeah, with, he, with what he's. Yeah. What, I think um, he. I think he should be there, but my biggest concern is, and similar thing happened last year. Um, I just get this feeling that when the team sheet comes out, that Daniel Tupu is going to be there. Graham, I, I can't, I can't disagree that that's a, that's a hard possibility. What I will say is I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with because, you. I just yeah. feel like it will, though. I, but I, I I'd love to see Toto get the get the go. Young the, team and another Tedesco, Penrith player. They're just oh, they they're just yeah, playing so well. Tedesco scored eight tries. Two of them came from 
from Tupo mishaps, let's call it, gaffes, if you like. <laughs> but 25% of Queensland's tries came directly from Tupo stuffing up. That was... and I, I'm, I'm, Look, overall, he had a good series. He, he made a lot of ground, uh, and a lot was made of you know how much ground he made. Will Toto make more ground? Um, Toto's a better meter eater than what Tupo is. Yeah. And Tupo's good yeah. at it. I agree. But, like, Tupo's got a mistake in him that I just don't want to see. Like, they scored two tries, and they actually scored less tries than New South Wales in the series, but they, they were tries yeah. that should never have been scored. Look, Tupo yeah. thrown a stupid pass. No one was going to get it. Queens are picking up the score. Yeah. That's not good enough. The, no. the, the, thing, the thing for me is, if I could give look, Tedesco has one Achilles heel. He, if he continually is the guy running the ball back, but he's gassed, and where and, and if you get him one on one in defence, he can be found wanting. That now it's a rare day it happens because the Roosters system is set up so that everyone around him takes the ball up. Knowing that. Toto must be in the side because it plays into what Tedesco needs. If you want that guy firing, you need him in the side. It plays into it perfectly. Adokar on one side doing it. Toto needs to be the other guy doing it. He, he, he is a meter eater. He gets That's why Penrith are so good in that region because he gets the ball back to the forwards. The forwards don't have to come back. The forwards aren't getting pinned in their own area. He gets the ball up there. And for Origin, if you can stop your forwards running 10 metres back every set, you know, it's 200 metres they don't have to run. You know, it's, it's definitely 150, you know, well and truly and 200 by the end of the game. And, and that that counts for people who are constantly taking the ball up. So I, I, I just think if you're going to support your spine and your key players in the spine – well, then you've got to look at their weaknesses for Tedesco as that continual running of the ball back. Toto fixes that. Yeah. Well, look, we'll find out this week. Um, it's really the, the last opportunity that players have to uh, to show what they've got to ensure that they make that last run for a uh, selection. So uh, we might as well get into Indigenous round this week, fellas, because there's some big matchups and um, Beautiful. there's plenty to look forward to. All right. So, this week, kicking off our Round 12 Indigenous Round, we have the Broncos taking on the Storm Thursday night at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, for the Broncos, there's a, there's a couple of changes here. We've got um, Rabati, he's going to make his debut off the bench with Reese Candy moving from the interchange to replace the suspended Matt Lodge in the front row. Um, Anthony Milford, yet again, still doing the hokey pokey. He's in, he's out, he's in this week. I think this is the third chance, uh, and hopefully Kevin Walters is hoping that uh, third time's a charm for Milford. He's going to play 5-8 this week. Uh, he's replacing Tyson Gamble, who regularly plays halfback. He's out, suspended. With um, last week's, um, I suppose, comeback hero, Albert Kelly, he's going to play halfback this week. Farnworth's back in the lineup after a late withdrawal before last week's game with Copley back to the reserves. Uh, the Broncos are telling everyone that Staggs and Glenn are at least another week away from returning. 
For the Storm, Jerome Hughes is back in the number seven after his late withdrawal from the game against the Raiders. Uh, this means that uh, Cooper Johns is going to slide back to the extended bench. Uh, Kenny Bromwich, uh, he'll spend another week on the sideline with that hamstring injury. Chris Lewis, as we know, again, he'll play in that number six jersey, which is, um, I suppose, a really big uh, positive for him given that he's filling massive shoes with Munster still out. Um, they're still expecting Pappenhausen, as we said earlier, to be out for about three or four more weeks. So um, Nico Hines is going to stay at fullback, and he's been doing a good job there for the Storm in uh, the Flying Dutchman's absence. Broncos coming up off a, a win last week. They'll be full of confidence. The Storm, though, they've been playing really, really good, Griffo. And even though they've got these players out, uh, we always say... They just slot someone else in, and it's business as usual for the Melbourne side. Yeah. Um, it's an amazing team, really. I'm just looking through their back line there. If you had to start a season, you said, you know, the back line of the storm is Hines, Jennings, Smith, Olam, Adokar, Chris <laughs> Lewis, and Jerome Hughes, you're thinking, oh. Who's that? Yeah, you believe you know, it. These, these guys are going to be dropping down the ladder. Um, yeah, probably still make the eight, but yeah, you know, going to drop out the top four. Well, nothing stopped them. Um, Monster, Pappenhausen, two of the best players in the NRL. Um, Monsters, you know, in the top three players in the NRL. Uh, Pappenhausen. Been amazing, Clive Churchill medal winner last year. But it don't matter. They just bring someone else in, they get the job done. Um, their forward pack is is almost at full strength, as you mentioned. Uh, yeah, they are still missing Kenny Bromwich, who would be in the second row. Um, Harry Grant's still not back, but you know they got the they got Brandon Smith. So. Uh, they're just too powerful last week for the Raiders. I, when we had the podcast at that stage, Jerome Hughes was still playing. He was a late withdrawal. I thought, wow. When I heard that, I thought, well, gee, Canberra, big, big chance now. No, no chance. Up 10-0, get beat 34-10 or something like that. You know, like this team, they play to their strengths. Whatever the strengths are with, with the 17 that, uh, that, you know, take the field at some stage. Last week, it was the power game, largely, that, that won it through the forwards, where, where, you know, they were almost at full strength with their forwards. Well, they're almost at full strength again. Got guys like uh, uh, the Kuma Chameleon, uh, Big Tui, and uh, Big Nelson, Sol for Solomona coming off the bench. Um, Bronco's strength, you'd have to say, is probably their, their, their forwards. They've lost Lodge this week from suspension. That's a big loss. Um he was, if he wasn't the man of the match last week, then uh, it would have been he would have been uh, second. Uh, but I thought I thought he was outstanding, Lodge. So they're going to miss him this week. Um, Shano mentioned Pangai Junior as a, as a p- potential origin player for New South Wales. He's got the opportunity if he has a big game, and I I don't know, you know but by the time. Well, this is the first game of the week. So Freddie's going to have time to see this game and think, well, okay, Crichton's out, Radley's out. We probably need someone with a bit of fire in him. 
it's an opportunity for Pangai Jr. If he has a big game against what what is the best forward pack in the competition, I believe, then he's going to put his name up there. Um, I do not believe that Brisbane have the ability to win this game. Um, I might be wrong because like, they proved me wrong last week. They were, they were really good. I just think this is the Melbourne Storm this week. Who are, Again, they're not at full strength, but yeah, they've got players where it counts. They've got a very strong forward pack that I believe is better than the, the Broncos forward pack. And in the back line, you've still got guys like Jerome Hughes, Adokar, Remus Smith and Olam are dangerous in the centres. And Nico Hines is, is Nico Shines at the moment. Um, he's doing great things. I just think it's the Melbourne Storm who will prevail. Shano. Yeah, Melbourne's going to win this. Um, they're actually going to win it pretty well. Um, I I can't see. I can't really add much more than Griffo. It's 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 a um, you know it's it's basically class of Melbourne versing a very struggling rugby league side who played well last week. I agree with him though. Uh, Pangai Junior needs to have a massive game. Uh, he will need to be the best in a losing side. Um, to shore up an origin spot. Um, but I've just got too much class across the field and it's Melbourne. Yeah. By I'd, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree with you guys. I, um, as I said, it was su- surprising that the Brisbane got the win last week. I, I thought Kelly was a good addition to the side. I think that um, yeah, it was definitely a positive for them. But as you fellas said, they're playing the Storm. Um there's only one team that I think the Storm could be playing this week where I wouldn't tip the Storm, and that's Penrith. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have to recommend that uh, all the tipsters out there jump on the Storm. Okay, our second game of the week, fellas. We are in Queensland yet again, uh, this time on Friday at 6pm. The Cowboys will be taking on the Warriors. Very interesting matchup this one. Uh, both teams are on 10 points on the ladder, really looking to push for that top eight spot. In regards to the team news, there's a little bit happening for the Cowboys with uh, Cohen Hess coming back. He's coming back for that head knock. Um, Tal Malolo, he's uh, suspended, as we know. Uh, he's usually at lock, so Hess will play in that lock position. Uh, the Hammer's going to play in the centres this week. Um, also for the Cowboys, they're going to be missing Lachlan Burr, Francis Molo. Uh, so we see Peter Holler and Corey Jensen um, coming in there. For the Warriors, um, we've talked a lot about uh, Reese Walsh. Um, for those who aren't looking very closely at the teams this week, this will tell you how much, um, I suppose, class we see in Walsh and how much of a future the Warriors see in him. He's playing number one this week with Roger Tuovasa-Shek on the wing. So, you know, it's good to see that they're looking towards the future and that they can fit two quality players in the side there. Uh, Rocco Berry with his head knock, he's going to miss another week. Uh, Afoa and Murdoch Masilla are dropping back to the interchange bench. Uh, Evans and Murchie are going to do the swap with them. And those who are keeping a track of um, Josh Curran's injury, they're looking at least another week away. Uh, from him coming back. As I mentioned there, Griffo, we've got the um, the Cowboys and the Warriors both on 10 points on the ladder. A win for either side this week could see them enter the top eight. Plenty to play for in this one. Yeah, look, this is this is a game I think is going to be really 
I'm looking forward to this game. Um, Tom Pete and uh, Knockback, the the permanent job at the Warriors to take up a position at the Cowboys. And uh, at the start of the season, that was looking like a bad decision. Things were not going well. I think they lost the first four games. Um, they've been they've been good since that time, um, and well well done to them. I, I thought uh, I thought they were awful at the start of the year. So the first game they were dreadful against the Panthers, but they've uh, they've turned it around. They're beating most sides now um, that you would think well okay if Cow- Cowboys. Uh, if you want to be a contender, then uh, you've got to keep beating these uh, lower sides, and they're doing it. They're putting them away. Um, I don't think both of these sides, I don't think there's enough room for both of these sides in the top eight. So this is uh, it's a pivotal game, really. I like the Warriors this week. Um, Tamalolo is getting back to, to, to his really good form, and he's not there. So I think that that's a big loss. I'm assuming that's for the hit on Tyson Frizzell. Um, mm-hmm. I've been uh, been really impressed by the work of Holmes, Drinkwater. Uh, they're there this week. Good to see the hammer back. I don't know quite. I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Joe Javid Bowen, Javid Bowen. But what? I just yeah. don't know if he's an NRL player. I mean, he is an NRL player because he's on the list. He's been playing. And, and to his credit, like, I just I don't see him as a, as a danger to the other team. And I do see him as potential defensive liability. But that's just my opinion. Um, if I was uh, the opposition, I'd be targeting that guy in defense. Um, Maybe I haven't been watching close enough because he keeps his position um, in this side, and this side's going well. So uh, it's a little bit disappointing that you know that we still uh, the con uh, the big condon uh, he's on the reserves bench rather than the interchange. You know, I think it's always you feel safer when there's a condon uh, running around for the Cowboys. Um, every good cowboy should have a condon, um, but uh, so this team will be unprotected this week. And I think uh, the unprotected Cowboys are going to be beaten by the Warriors, who I do actually see uh, making the eight this year. I, I tipped them before the, the start of the year when there was no Reese Walsh. Um, they're missing a few guys through injury still. Fenua Blake, the big off-season sign, and he's not there yet. But when he comes back, um, gee, they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be a really good side. Uh, so for mine, it is Warriors, Shane. Yeah, I got the Warriors, Griff. Um, look, even though I think that there's the spine for the for the Cowboys is far more settled, I think um, I just look at I look at the I look at when I look at the Cowboys, I look at who's out for them and, and the contributions that they've made recently to 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 sort of growing the success of the club, um, and then I look at the Warriors and I just think the Warriors. They've found something in Reese Walsh that's now allowing them to play football. Um, I guarantee Roger Tuivasa Sheck will play in the centres in attack. Uh, he won't. You and Aiken won't be in the wing for a defence. Um, Roger Tuivasa Sheck is far too good at catching 
the high ball and running the ball back better than you and Aiken is anyway. Um, so uh, look for people, look for RTS to get some early ball and 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 use his footwork out wide. I think um, I think it was the breath of fresh air that the Warriors needed. That it was becoming very predictable. And if you shut down two of us as Sheck, you probably shut down 65 to 70% of any attacking, attacking potency. So by doing what they've done, um, I think by doing what they've done, it, it has added a next dimension, another level to their attack. And that's going to be far too good for the Cowboys this week. Yeah, I've I got to agree with you, fellas. I like the Warriors. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games where the team that holds the ball and completes is going to go a long way to winning. And I actually think that'll be the Warriors because they've also got a fair bit of strike in that side as well. So when you combine the fact that they're a, um, a team that can hold on to the ball and they've got a bit of strike power, I can see some points in the Warriors. So I think they might just uh, get the job done this week against the Cowboys. Okay, moving on to our Friday night game, which will see the West Tigers taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, This one's going to happen at Bankwest Stadium in Sydney. It is a home game for the West Tigers. In regards to the team news, uh, James Roberts is back after four weeks on the sideline with a pec injury. Uh, He's coming onto the wing with Talao moving into centre and Leilua losing his spot in the squad. Um... Last week's late inclusion, Jake Simpkin, he's dropping off the interchange with uh, Tom Amone taking his place. Uh, for the Dragons, uh, Josh Kerr, after that shoulder charge, is going to miss a week. So there's another player from the Dragons who's missing through suspension. Uh, he's going to be replaced by Tarek Sims, who's uh, coming back after just a one-game suspension. Uh, Paul Vaughan is moving into the starting side from the interchange, so that's a bit of a swap there with Farmasuli. Um, and Daniel Alvaro is going to come onto the bench after being last week's 18th man. Um, Ramsey, Hunt, and Max Guy all failed their HIAs in their loss to the Sharks. Uh, the first two of those, Ramsey and Hunt, being named this week, and uh, Guy is going to actually be uh, replaced by Willie Look, the other thing we've got in the team there, I was just double-checking, and yes, we do. It's an interesting centres part uh, pairing. We've got Bird there and also uh, Gerard Beale in the centres. So I think this is actually his um, first start of his return to the um, to the Dragons. So bit of team news there. We know that the Dragons are still without quite a few players, Shano. Um, yep. As we said, we're adding Josh Carr to that list. They're welcoming back Tarek Sims. The Tigers are going to fancy their chance this week against the uh, the Dragons side that's trying to hold on to that top eight spot. I think they'll more than fancy their chances, Graham. I actually think they're going to win. Um, I've got I've got the Tigers winning this week. I, I look at I look at the ins, um, and I understand I now I understand they've got some people coming back. For me, I just look at I just look at. Um, I just look at the, the Dragons and it's almost like unless someone puts their hand up and says this week I'm going to be the guy that runs the ball hard and I'm going to be the guy that's going to come through and do some magical stuff for us, if they just play their routine football, it's become a very boring show where 
where really they don't have enough attacking potency and they're starting to be very lateral. They're going side to side. They're conceding tries all over the park. You know, they're, they're try hot spots just in the in goal. <laughs> it's like no matter where the opposition get the ball, they seem to run straight. Um, to give them some silver lining, though, I, I really do think that um, Cody Ramsey, um, Norman Hunt and McCulloch, as far as their spine goes, uh, Jackson Ford in the um, in the lock position, you know that that it, it presents it presents uh, some 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 attacking uh, ability. I'm not going to say it's it's filled with creativity though. Um, Tark Sims will add something in the Ford pack um, with Paul Vaughan. Well, Paul Vaughan always does what Paul Vaughan does. I flip over to the Tigers. The Tigers have just seemed to make Adam Dwayne the centre of everything that they do. And by doing that, then they've got this guy that they can constantly fall back on and rely on. It's almost like he's become the, not the go-to guy, but I'll call the shots. No matter where on the field I play, I still think Moses Embi is number six for no other reason than that they have nowhere else to put him. And and again, they probably thought he's you know he, he's a better six where Dwayne he can do the f- number four role. If if they had a if they had a very good center, I don't think Embi would be there. But he seems to be doing well at the moment. He's doing the little things well. Adam Dwayne here at number three to allow four puts Roberts at number five. Not nor for Luma is um you know he's he's a fantastic footballer in his own right. Dane Laurie at number one. I. I I also like what their forward pack have done recently. They're, they're making metres. Look, unfortunately, if you look at the team as a whole, their tackling effect efficiency isn't great, but their post-contact metres in attack is, is pretty good. So um, when you look at all that and I weigh up the two sides, I really do think that um, the, the Tigers will win this week. If I want to give a challenge to one player on this football side, it is Joe Offerhengawi to play the football that everyone knows he can play. Um, he's in a side where some people are doing some really good things. He's got to start being the man in the middle that just reaps havoc with the ball, goes either side of the ruck. Um, you know, people like Dwayne, he's going to attract a lot of attention. If he can get the ball up, and he can in the middle and he can attract three or four players and then have options either side. Well, then all of a sudden they become a, a decent football side. Um, look, it's tough when you've got you know, the Tigers versus the Dragons uh, trying to, to build it up. But I do actually think that this is the Tigers week. Griff, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, um, I agree, Shane. Uh, these teams played, it seems only, I think it was three weeks ago. Um, they played a game down in Wollongong where uh, it was close, but the Tigers uh, were on top for that game for most of it. And um, I think we're going to see that again. Uh, I just think there's more quality in the Tigers lineup than there is in the Dragons, who, who are missing a few players. Um, uh, I just think... Uh, you know, the Dragons have, have, have signed Gerard Beale, um, who's, I don't know if he came out of retirement or what story was there. Um, 
but this is his first game back in the NRL for some time. Um, it's a bit of a dad's army uh, about it, this, this dragon side. I just don't think... Look, I've I got to pay tribute to them. They've won five games. Um, they were they were poor last week they, against the Sharks. I thought both teams weren't great, but um, the Dragons really should have won that game from where they were. Uh, the Sharks were really struggling and then end up getting the points. Um, I, I don't think there's there's much that's going to worry defensive uh, structures in uh, in this Dragons team. Uh, Cody Ramsey's you know he's pretty handy, but no, I don't. There's not really a line breaker. He's, he's got a bit of speed. Um, I, j- I just don't know that the Dragons are going to win too many more games this year, to be honest. Uh, if the Tigers, if they lose this game, well, I th- think that's the end of their season, to be honest. Um, Dragons are, are struggling. It's Tigers for me, Graham. Yeah, I, I think um, just purely on the fact that the Dragons are struggling with their without players. And even last week, you look at that game from last week, um, They, I, I don't think that would have done a lot for their confidence. They seem like the type of side that instead of having a tight game like that and being motivated to flip it around. I think the heads are going to go down. I actually think this is a great opportunity for the Tigers to get the win. And, you know, they'll put the Tigers on eight points. They've still got a bit to do to get towards the top eight. I don't think they're going to make any push, but I think we're going to see the Dragons just continue that that downward spiral that we've been seeing for a few weeks. So, um, yeah, Tigers for me. All right, moving on to our next game of the round. This will take us to Saturday. Super Saturday is going to kick off uh, with the Penrith Panthers hosting the Canterbury Bulldogs. We have the opposite ends of the scale here when we're talking about the competition ladder. Uh, With the Panthers, they're coming off that massive game against uh, the Rabbitohs. That was a huge win. Um, Kurt Capewell, he accepted a one-week ban with an early plea, so that allows Moses Leota to slot back in after his late withdrawal with uh, Liam Martin shifting back to the second row. Uh, Dylan Edwards, he was a late scratching last week. We didn't even mention those uh, couple of players who were out for the Panthers. They adapted rather well. Edwards, uh, he hasn't been able to recover, so Crichton's going to stay at fullback with Momorowski um, partnering Burton in the centres. For the Bulldogs, uh, Jack Hesington returns at prop and Jackson is back at lock. Uh, they've, if you have a look at their pack, they've got a bit of a bit of a shuffle going on. Um, Siamana Fungi moves back to the interchange bench. Elliot's from 13 to the second row with uh, Chris Smith being suspended. Uh, Topo re- returns from injury to replace Sione Katoa, who's suspended at dummy half. Uh, Dallin Martini's a Lesniak. We're hearing he's going to uh, play against his former club. Despite suffering a foot injury in last week's loss to the Gold Coast, um, Corey Riddell and Renoff Atoni slide from the interchange to the extended bench. So, look, the Bulldogs, there's a bit of a shuffle there. I can tell you that we, you know, we don't condone betting, but I feel as though we have the, um, the most outrageous odds I've ever seen for a two-horse race. 
The Bulldogs this week on Sportsbet, they're paying $21 to defeat the Panthers, who, as you can imagine, are paying a dollar and one cent. Shano, last week we saw Penrith just absolutely blow South off the park. This could get ugly for Canterbury this week, couldn't it? Oh, most definitely. Sorry, most definitely. Um, I, I really think that, um, yeah, I, I just can't see the dogs getting close. Interestingly, um, Sir Munaf and I and Dylan Napa, they would have thought they were starters at the start of this year. So for them to be on the bench, um, and interestingly, a lot of late news that Kyle Flanagan will be promoted. So... Um, if there's any way, if, there, if you want one way to get rid of a, a guy who's on the outer, promote him when you play top of the table, Pen, undefeated Penrith, and uh, yeah, things could get ugly. I, I can't see him actually getting a run, but anyway, I'm only telling you what I'm reading. <sighs> to talk about Penrith, and I'm not going to talk too much about Penrith because I think that's more the chameleon's gig because um, he knows them far better than I do. I just can't see any chink in their armour. And whoever comes in just fills the spot so well. So regardless of who's in and out, the minute you put on the jersey 1-17, to you have a job to do. And at the moment, the Penrith players are just doing it. So what they did last week was outstanding. Um, You know... They, they they just play week in, week out, fantastic football. Their spine is, is phenomenal. Their forward pack is mobile, robust, can bend the line of the opposition. And their, their reserves, or I shouldn't say reserves because that's the wrong term now, their interchange bench is just second to none. So they have a team that's just, flying versing a team that's absolutely struggling with a team that really hasn't had any continuity. They don't know where they're playing week in, week out. Um, They promote players. They drop players. They're not sure. They are sure. They don't know. At the start of the year, I said, I thought the dogs were actually going to be a bit better because I thought the one thing that Barrett will do to this side is he'll bring stability. There's been nothing stable about this bulldog side. I'll be honest, and I think everyone who goes for the dogs and everyone who's associated with the dogs would agree with me, they don't have the talent in key areas. So swapping and chopping and changing players, I just think is at the detriment of the whole thing. And that's why now we don't condone betting, but that's why we're seeing $21, uh, $21 price. I've got Penrith at my dead certs this week. Penrith will win by a truckload. Griffo, give us more on how Penrith are going to win. All right. Yeah, well, um, first of all, Shane, I do believe Penrith will win. I agree with you on that. Um, I'll be tipping them. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be going my joker this week with the Panthers. Um, in saying that, um, the thing that's really impressed me about Penrith is that they're up every week. They they have not had a down week. Um, even the games that were a little bit closer, they didn't play badly. 
Um, the Bulldogs, I, I, I'm not going to lay the boot in. I think I did that last week. Uh, I was pretty critical of them. I just tell it how I see it. Um, they got running, Jack Hetherington dead last. Yeah, they are. Um, we got Jack Hetherington back this week, former Panther. I look at this side with the likes of Jack Hetherington, Luke Thompson, Napper off the bench. And I sort of think, which one of those blokes is going to get sent to the sin bin? Um, yeah. The, the only way you think that the Bulldogs can make an impression is if, they, you know, be, if they're really aggressive. But with the rules as they are, um, that's probably going to be counterproductive because, you know, they, they struggle with 13 out there. Like, I did make a comment to someone today that, you know, I think the Penrith cricket team could beat them. You know, if Penrith were down to 11 players, there might still be a chance against the Bulldogs. But um, I, I think if the Penrith Panthers did only have 11 out there for the whole game, the Bulldogs might win. But that's their only chance. Um, this is a mismatch if you look at the competition ladder. And the Bulldogs have you probably got a better side than they ran out last week with Sione Katoa is, is suspended, which I think is probably a blessing in disguise for the Bulldogs. He's just got a mistake in him. Um, he's, he's a special for a forward pass out a dummy half. I don't know. He's been doing it for years. I don't know why he doesn't uh, change that. But anyway, he's, he's out suspended. Um, to Pine, as far as, uh, as I was aware, was a back rower, but He's slotted into the number nine. They have got the school teacher, Brad Dietz. So Mr. Dietz is on the bench, um, along with Joe Stimson, Napa, and Siofanai, Fungi Junior. No, not Fungi Junior. Um, Siofanai. That's the one. Ava. Ava. Best known Ava, of course, for, for running to the wrong end of the field when he came out in one game. I think when he was playing for the Sharks, he went to the wrong end. Um, but you know, it's good to be known for something, um, something I'll never be known for, uh, going running on to an NRL game. Um, Penrith win. Uh, I, I was, uh, look, I was really impressed with them last week. Just that intensity that they played with it was too much for South Sydney and, and South Sydney one of the one of the teams we said was a heavyweight in this competition. Bulldogs, we've not said that about. Um, it's just a matter of who's going to uh, who's going to be getting the three Dally M points this week for the Panthers. I think um, Matt Burton got them last week. He played a great game in his hometown of Double. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Cut South to shreds a few times. Um, I, I thought Cleary was actually the man of the match. We got the two points, but me too, me yeah. too, mm. me too. But, you know, like I can understand why. Um, I think it was Darren Lockyer was the judge. I can understand why he gave it to Burton. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, got three tries. He made a number of line breaks. I just thought Cleary, just with what he did, particularly close to the line. And yep, those tries that he scored. You no right to score those tries, but just right. willingness. I agree with that. Just, just willingness to get there. Um, 
Yeah, I, it's Penrith, Graham. Yeah, of course it's Penrith. Um, this one for me is just a case of how much it's really few players making their last push to show that they deserve origin call-ups. And I I get the feeling this will be a bit of a training run for them. You've got one team that just... They just don't look like losing. I They are a phenomenal football side. Um, I just I just can't see the wheels falling off the Penrith wagon this year. I know there's a long way to go in the season, but um, you know they couldn't be doing anything any better. They're phenomenal. They'll win this one and win it well. All right. Well, moving from the Penrith Panthers onto the team that they defeated last week out at Dubbo in the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They're going to be uh, back at their home ground of Stadium Australia this week when they take on the Parramatta Eels. Big game this one. We've got a fourth playing third. Uh, it's going to take place on Saturday at 5.30pm. Uh, as you'd imagine, after the uh, thumping that South Sydney were on the receiving end of last week, uh, there are some changes to their side. The big positive for Rabbitohs fans and also um, New South Wales Blues fans is that Cameron Murray's back from his ankle injury. Uh, South also welcome back Jacob Host, who was uh, admitted late last week with a quad injury. Uh, Liam Knight and Jaden Sewer have actually been relegated from the team that got beaten by Penrith, so they're not in the top 17. Uh, Knight and Sewer in jerseys 18 and 19. They're the victims of uh, the shuffle there. Josh Mansour is also out after that head knock. Um, really summed up their, their day. I think he got kicked right. in their head while, uh, while, while trying to stop a try. Uh, what summed so, up their day was he, was he was the first try scorer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, the thing is... <laughs> that summed up their freaking day. Yeah. And look, he's going to miss... He's going to miss the game with that head knock. Uh, Tane well, Milne's for, coming unfortunately, back. Unfortunately, just, about... just on the head knock... Mm. He's probably hoping that that head knock erased all memory of that. Yeah, game. hopefully. I'll tell you what, mate. There's there there about four of them that need to be kicked in the head first. Yeah, I reckon he, he woke up Monday morning and said, all right, what time do we play today, fellas? Um, so, yeah, so Tane Milne's back in the side. Uh, Dry Arrow has been promoted to start in the uh, Rabbitohs forward pack at prop with Tom Burgess being relegated to the bench. And uh, Hame Sele is coming onto the bench with Jed Cartwright missing out this week. Uh, for the Parramatta Eels, uh, this is a big out for them. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he took the early guilty plea on a high tackle charge. So he's going to be out this week. Um, Oregon Confuci moves into the starting side with Nick Corey, uh joining the bench in his comeback game from his two-week suspension. Uh, just to keep everyone up to date in regards to what's happening with Dylan Brown, he's still got a week of his suspension to serve. And Will Smith is the other player there looking to hopefully come back soon, but he's still at least another week away. Griffo, uh, the Parramatta Eels, they did go down last week to a, um, well, a hot manly side. They're in good form. South Sydney were very, very disappointing, and they'll be looking to bounce back this week with a bit of a shuffle happening in their forward pack. Two last-up losers. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's this important game for both teams, and South Sydney in particular, I think. They've, they've suffered two devastating defeats in the last three weeks, and they only just got over the top of, uh, I think it was the Sharks. 
um, in that in the middle of those two games. Uh, they need to turn that around this week. Um, the quality is there in their 17 to be able to do it. Uh, and to be honest, uh, after what I saw at Para last week, I do give South a big chance because I thought, you know, Manly exposed some of the defensive deficiencies of, of the Parramatta side out wide, which um, that's South Sydney's strength, their ability with the ball in hand. So uh, I, I probably lean towards South um, with no confidence, but I was a little bit disappointed uh, in a few aspects of, of Paris' game last week. I thought they tried hard, but I thought few of their players uh, were a bit MIA last week, principally the halfback. Um, and that's been one of his big criticisms. Uh, as a front runner, he's fantastic. And um, if your team's on top, you can win by 30. But yeah, I didn't see too much out of the halfback last week. And um, he's really important to this side. They're going to miss Campbell Gillard up front. He's been an integral part of their success over the last uh, year and a half. Um, and I don't think he's missed too many games since he since he joined the Eels. Uh, Sewer, when you mentioned it, uh, that's a big fall from grace, I guess, because I've, I've, I've thought he's been having a really good year, Sewer. Mm. I do expect he'll be in the Queensland 17, but he's not making the Rabbitohs uh, 17 this week, according to what we read here in the team list. Um, whether that changes or not, we, we, we shall see. Tom Burgess also uh, been relegated to the bench. So Coach Bennett, along with uh, his assistant, Demetrio, I've thought, well, okay, we, we got we got smashed last week. We can't let that happen again. We'll make a few uh, make a few changes. Obviously, the man that South have missed most has been Cameron Murray. Um, and he has a big role to play um, coming back from an injury, and a lot is going to be expected of him. Um, I, uh, yeah, look, it is a tough one. I just think, and I know it's a big ask to turn around what happened last week against what is still a quality team in the, in the Eels, but I just think uh, I'm going to be tipping South, expecting that the back line of South Sydney with the likes of Mitchell, Johnson, Gagai, uh, Campbell, Graham, Cody Walker, I think those guys have come to the fore this week. Last week, when I heard Penrith had lost Edwards and Leota and South had brought in Campbell Graham from the uh, from the, the seventeen that were listed, I thought, "Gee, that's it's going to really uh, it's going to really make this a tight game." But it didn't work out that way. But 
Yeah, Sals, I think they get the job done. Um, I've got a problem with the scheduling of this week. The 5.30pm game on a Saturday is not a top billing game. Um, at the start of the season, when well, before the season, when they do the draw, we're looking at teams that were in the top six last year playing each other. I don't, I'm not quite sure why this is not a, uh, a game on a Thursday or a Friday night. But anyway, that's it is what it is. Um, Shane, you, you're back in your team this week. Yep, I am. I'm back in my team this week. Um, and I'm going to start by saying this. Everyone that's dropped deserves to be dropped. Liam Knight was an absolute liability in the middle. Uh, Sewell was a turnstile. Um, against people much smaller than he is. He's been good in attack the last few weeks. Um, his defence has been found wanting. Um, funnily enough, the last few times, it's actually been Adam Reynolds in the last few weeks that's actually covered some of his mishaps. And, you know, it just didn't happen last week. So so the sword of Damocles was over his head already defensively, and it, it, it's, it's come down pretty hard now. Um, Burgess... The Burgess drop probably is the one that shocked me the most. Um, in saying that, last week, Graham and I were talking why they're persisting with Jai Arrow on the bench week in, week out. And then when he comes on, he's one of the best players. Um, I think this week their team looks looks somewhat better balanced. Um, the biggest problem I've got with South is this. Every week we have a game where we need to win. And this week, South Sydney and South Sydney fans are talking about Cameron Murray as being the saviour. The guy's come back from injury. Now, he's, he's going to be very underdone. You know, I suppose half Cameron Murray is better than no Cameron Murray. We saw it last week with Latrell Mitchell. Um, I argued from day one with South Sydney when they, with the Latrell Mitchell site, with the Latrell Mitchell um, uh when he got three weeks, the reason why South Sydney shouldn't afford it is because A, they were never going to win, and B, he needed one game under his belt before he hits Penrith. Cameron Murray's going to be coming straight back for um, for Parramatta. Uh, he's definitely better. They're a better side with him in it, and his inclusion really does is, is going to help them. Um, I, I look at their bench. I think their bench is, is set. I'd love to know what they do with Benji this week. If Benji doesn't... Look, you know, they'll fairly, Bennett was fairly um, blunt when he said, I'm not going to put Benji on in the position that we're in. It was just, just it was just, it's kind of insulting, basically. Didn't want to, didn't want to embarrass um, him. Yeah, so that's fair call. Um, is it, the, I, I don't disagree with, with the being a fair call, but is it good enough for a guy no. to no. Um, be a first grade footballer? No, I agree. You, you put know. him on. Like he should like have gone half, on early in the game. Yeah, he could have gotten on. Anyway, he could have gone any worse in defence than the guys that were out there. Hundred percent, because they were horrible. Um, the the big thing for me, uh, the last time a coach didn't go back to the sheds after full time was Paul Langmack at South Sydney, and it happened this week um, where Bennett didn't go back to the sheds. But <laughs> so. Uh, Damien Cook revealed that on radio. So Damien Cook's got 
got a big game ahead of him because he hasn't been great the last three or four weeks. And um, I know he's done a lot of middle defence, but last week he didn't have one run and he was like a turnstile at times in defence as well. Um, if he's at the point where he's getting tired, then really South Sydney need to reassess his role in the club because his role in the club is an 80-minute player. And if he's getting tired in the middle and then he's going to go off to origin, um, it's not going to make things any better. So I look at Parramatta and, geez, Parramatta do worry um, worry my tip. I'm tipping South Sydney, but when I look at Parramatta, Gutherson, um, Arthur, you know, he, he's, he's had a few, he's, you know, since his debut, he's been good. Moses and Reid Marnie. Reid Marnie's outstanding. I, I yeah, rate Reed that Marnie, guy yeah. very highly. Rate him I got very him highly. in my Queensland team, yeah. Reid yes, Marnie, well, with Harry Grant off yeah, the bench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it was a bit of a cloud under Harry Grant at the moment. Um, so, I look, I'm tipping South Sydney. I think they have to bounce back. South Sydney, this is the game before the bye. Then South Sydney go into a run of some, what they would consider some pretty simple games. Um, so the win against Para will really get another two points that will help further solidify that top four spot, which I dare say with, with the Storm and Panthers games conceding over 100, I think so frag shaky. The the the, uh, the thing we've got to notice about South Sydney, they went through a period over the past month or so where we were often talking about who's missing for South. Uh, they're all back now. There's no excuses anymore for South. The only first grade players that have seen a fair bit of time this year that are unavailable is Josh Mansour and the person who replaced him for a few weeks, um, Jackson Paulo. You, you, you've got to understand this isn't going to be because of a lack of personnel. And South Sydney's reserve list highlights that. These are the four players that are named this week but won't get a run. Uh, so 18, 19, 20, 21 is Liam Knight, Jaden Sewer, Patrick Mago and Braden Burns. They've got some depth. They've got the troops back. There's no excuses for them. Uh in regards to players missing for Para, um, I think they'll miss Campbell Gillard, um, but I, I still think that they've got such a they've still got a great forward pack. This is going to be a tight one. I'm tipping South because if they lose this week, I'm really worried about their their credentials as a top four team. They're at the point where they can't afford to lose and. I think um, we saw last week that uh, the Parramatta. I don't. I th- I feel like they when they were sitting in second, that was a bit of an inflated position. I uh, don't want to take too much away from them, but I think um, you know if, if if South return to the form we saw prior to uh, the last couple of weeks, they could they could have a really good outing against the Eels. But don't be surprised if the same South Sydney rocks up next week. Uh, they could get their pants pulled down. I'll I'll stick with South with this one, but uh, I don't think the tipsters should be too confident. All right, moving forward to another. Um, well, yeah, it's a, it is a big game with two big teams, but uh, unfortunately, we haven't really seen the best out of the Raiders this year. They're going to have to be really switched on when they take on the Roosters on Saturday night at seven thirty 
p.m. This game's uh, going to be up at Gosford for those of you who are wondering and want to get out and have a look at some football this week. Uh, Roosters taking a home game to Gosford to host the Raiders. We have talked very... Um, well, we talked in depth, really, about Radley and Crichton, who were both missing. Uh, Radley for five matches, Crichton for two. They were unsuccessful at Judiciary on Tuesday night. So with Radley out, we see um, Isaac Liu moving from prop to lock. Takiyaho is going to come in at prop. And Saluka Fafita joining the bench. Uh, Josh Morris is coming back into the side from a back injury. So that's going to see Joseph Suwali go back to the reserves after making his Long-awaited debut last week. For the Raiders, they're actually welcoming back some troops. They've got Whiten and Hodgson both returning from suspension, as well as Rapana coming back from an injury. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on, fellas, is the fact that Englishman George Williams has been granted an immediate release by the club. Uh, yeah. He's going back home. Uh, one Williams out, another Williams in. Sam Williams is going to be there at halfback. Um, and look for Hodgson to follow. A lot of mail coming out in the last hour that says Hodgson, Hodgson wants out. So I think that in the, in the, there's something going on at Canberra. And uh, in the last hour, it looks like that a lot of mail's been coming through that uh, he's, he's the next to go. Fellas, I've got a bail. So I'll just quickly give you my tips. Roosters, Titans, Seagulls. Lovely. And... Watch this space for the Raiders because they're in trouble. Yeah, I want I want a full update on uh, what's happening with the moon. I, I know. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll have that. I'll All have pictures. that. Ref- I'll have that for the water cooler. We're going I, out there now with the I, kids. I did look out yeah. earlier, and I, I was expecting some sort of pink or red thing. Yeah, no. Just, so uh, we've got to take photos for school and all that. So. Actually, yep. So guys, you take care. Everyone in rugby league land, take care. Thanks, well, as we said, we've got Shano out in the field uh, reporting back on what the moon is doing tonight as we record this on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Griffo, um, the Roosters coming off that loss. They're missing a couple of big names. The Raiders welcome back some players. What sort of impact do you think having a you know Whiten and Hodgson and Rapana coming back into the Raiders team? What impact's that going to have? Is it enough to, to worry the Roosters at Gosford? Uh, Graham, this was the grand final two years ago. Mm. Um, Seems like a long time teams. ago. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't even, you know, I saw, saw, I didn't, didn't come to me straight away because I was, everything about Canberra is negative at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe that they, well, I can't believe it happened, but they were humiliated last week by Melbourne side without their their star players. And I know the Raiders were missing a few as well, but this is a team that uh, seems to have imploded. Um, it's not happy camp. Uh, they're still missing some some important players. The guy that, you know... Everyone's talking about Papali being missing, but I think the number one, Sean's nickel cloak start. Mm. Uh, he's been really missed. But this team is just, uh, it's its obviously, there's massive problems in the national capital. Um, the English 
they're not happy. Um, we saw Bateman leave last year. Yeah. And a, a lot of, there was so much in the media about that. Williams uh, had been asking for a release due to homesickness and, um, you know, well-being issues and whatnot. And from what I gather, it's been repeatedly asked. He, he rang up the well-being officer at the Raiders this week saying, look, I'm not up to it. I'm not coming to training. I'm not playing this week. And from there, the Raiders called him in and said, right, because they'd been knocking back his, uh, his application for, to go back on sort of compassionate grounds. And it, apparently from what I'm seeing, it was, was, was going to go back at the end of the year. That's what he was asking for. And the Raiders have come out and said, right, off you go. You can go now. And mm. um, uh, apparently he's not signed the release form uh, as yet, but he's out. Like, so he's now coming out and saying they've sacked him. Um, and then he was the one that kept asking for a release. I mean, it, it all sounds a bit odd, doesn't it's it? It's crazy. Like, yeah. even if there's, you know, there's right or wrong on both sides, or, you know, if you want to call it right or wrong, but the bottom line is this is an unhappy rugby league team. Morale um, is has got to be super low there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not winning games. They, they beat, I think, the Bulldogs the other week, you know. Um, Who hasn't? I not very much. Um, but they've, there's, there's a lot of games they've lost they're expected to win. And this team is, is just, as I said, it's imploded. Um, you'd have to think there's a lot of members of the team who are not happy with the coach. Um, I, while the Roosters are obviously missing a lot of key players, and, and then as we look at the team list, Angus Crichton's listed 11. He's not there. He's suspended. So um, you'd think probably Nat Butcher will come into that side and there'll have to be someone come onto the interchange bench. Um, but again, uh, we've got the Butcher and the Baker on, on, the, on the bench, which always <laughs> excites me. Well, there's a potential uh, second Butcher um, that might join the team, Egan Butcher. Um, I just, you know, if they only unearth a candlestick maker, then you know, I'll be... Uh, <laughs> You'll be happy. I'll be in heaven, you know. Um, but uh, look, I think the Roosters win simply because the Raiders are, are just... They're a mess, an absolute mess. And this was a team that a lot of pundits were saying make the grand final again this year. I certainly had had them um, challenging top four. Mm. Um, I, I, I can't really see him making the eight now, with with all that's going on. It's going to be tough. And, uh, and and Shano mentioned you know the ongoing uh, dramas with with Josh Hodgson, who has been an integral part of the team's success over a number of years. He's on the outer. And Tom Starling is is now the the favoured number nine. We saw Hodgson sort of left out with the team there for a while. He's on the bench as it stands, but 
yeah, when you, when you've got the dramas that these guys have got, I can only see a Roosters victory. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah, I'm tipping the Roosters in this one. Um, they're still got enough class. It's just that the Raiders at the moment, as you said, not only are they out of form, they don't look happy. the The only win they've had, I think, in the last seven weeks is that one game against the um the Bulldogs, and even that game wasn't to a yeah, clear it was in the balance. victory. It was yeah, in the they, they could have easily lost that. Um, I was going to ask you, we saw Joseph Suwali play last week. Um, you know, obviously he played in a losing team. Um, from him, I, I saw what, I, what I'd probably expect from him, uh, a young player coming in and playing his first game. You know, obviously it didn't stand out, set the world on fire. We've got to remember that he is a young man. Um, did you have any thoughts on the Suwali debut? Yeah, he, he, you know, he was okay. Um, there was nothing Didn't look out of place? Yeah, he didn't look yeah. out of place. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that he's not in the, uh, in the 17, but I guess with Morris coming back, um, it, it is a fairly settled back line. Yes, I agree. That, um, that, you know, obviously there's, there's guys like Keary and, and, uh, and the other Morris, uh, Brett Morris, who are out for the season. Um, apart from that, you think, well, probably that's most of those guys would be the back line that would be. So, you know, Morris would be on the wing and Kiri would be at 5'8". And then there's your back line. Um, they are also missing missing forwards. Victor Radley's a massive loss. Huge. And, and we saw that last year that they couldn't get the job done Um at the business end, without without Radley, um, again they did have other injuries as well. And I guess again the forgotten guy is the guy who hasn't played for for nearly twelve months now is Boyd Cordner. Yes. Um, so, but but he's been out all year, mm. um, and they were getting the job done most weeks. Um, obviously, the, the other thing is the hooker role. With friend now gone, and then the the guy who who um, you know was a uh, the first try scorer in the grand final last time they made it was was Sam Verrills who was injured, you know it was a year out, then come back and got a different injury. So the fact that they're still up there um, is a credit to the team, and I, I I do think they get another two points this week simply as I said because uh, yeah. It's hard to tip the Raiders with with just a team that, you know, it's it's completely imploded. Yep. No, I totally agree. I got the Roosters this week. I think that, and as you said, that back line is still is is pretty much settled. You, you'd imagine that's going to be their back line going forward. Should all those players yeah. be available, um, yeah. there's still a, still a fair bit of quality in this team. And um, yeah, as we said, Raiders just haven't been showing much form. So um, I think we can confidently tip the Roosters in this one. Okay, next game we have this week will take us uh, to Coffs Harbour. The Sharks are going to be hosting the Titans on Sunday at 2pm. The Sharks are coming off that uh, one-point win against the Dragons. Um, They've got a bit of a shuffle, though. So, Harodi, Dugan and Wilton um, 
are all suspended. Uh, Herodi's wing spot's going to be taken by Ronaldo. Um, yep, that's right. Or... Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just making sure that I've got the right here, right spot yeah. here. Yep. So he's on the wing. Connor Tracy, I've seen he's going to be playing on the other wing. I think he was named in five last week. That's what um, what confused me. Um, so Talakai is going to come in for Wilton. Uh, Ramian is back from his injury to take Dugan's spot. Uh, we've got Sean Johnson. He's named uh, to return from his hamstring injury for what would be his 200th career game. Uh, Townsend would be on the reserves list should that be uh, the case this week if he does come back. Fafita's back on the bench after being left out last week. Uh, speaking of Fafita's, Titans are going to welcome back David Fafita from suspension. So Firma's going to go back to the bench. Stone's out of the squad. Uh, Herbert's back from his calf injury, so Masters drops out of the side. Uh, yet again, we see Ash Taylor listed amongst the reserves as he's looking to come back from his hip injury. I think the big um, talking point there from the team news, Griffo, from the Titans side, I think we're all really excited to see David Fafita come back into this side for the Gold Coast. No doubt Titans fans are excited about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, yeah, Sharks home game, of course, they're... Their home uh, ground these days, uh, due to the redevelopment of uh, of their own facility, they've been playing out of Congra. Um, they've taken the game up to Coffs Harbour, which is great for the for the people of the north coast of New South Wales, and uh, great for the Titans because uh, it's, it's it's actually a lot closer for those guys than, uh, <laughs> than what it is for the Sharks. So yeah, um, I think. You know, there's probably uh, some Titans fans who think, well, yeah, that's not too far. We, we can uh, go down to Coffs and uh, and watch our team pick up to two points because I think they will. Um, Sharks have got players coming back this week, as you mentioned. Uh, Jesse Ramian, Ronaldo, Mulitalo, Johnson all back. But... Um, and, and credit to them. They got the two points last week, first time for, for some time that they've got two points. But it was a game that both teams were pretty ordinary. Um, and uh, they got they got the point in, in uh, golden point after some pretty ordinary attempts at field goal. Townsend, uh, the, the $800,000 man, um, did, did get one over. And... Uh, He's been dropped. <laughs> um, he had an indifferent game, to be fair, to uh, to the Sharks' coaching staff. Uh, and the return of Johnson from injury, I, I think, um, interesting to, to think, you know, how are Johnson and Moylan going to combine? I don't know how often those two guys have played in six and seven for the Sharks together. Yeah, true. They've but, been almost interchangeable, haven't they, with Townsend in the side? Yeah, due, uh, mm. due to their own injuries as well. Um, yeah. They're both very skillful players. Um, neither of them, you'd really say, is, a, is an organising type half. Uh, there's, there's actually a bit of quality in this Sharks backline. If um, Will Kennedy was really good. I, I don't know if he was the man of the match last week, but he was in my book. Um, Will Kennedy's a lot, lot of good things. Come on, Tracy's a good play, a lot of speed. Chambers, well, 
in, in his in his day, he was a great player. Uh, that was a while ago. Jesse Ramian, we know, has got ability. Mulitalo's a handy winger. He's uh, temperamental character. Um, perhaps that's why you know he's got the soccer name. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Matt Moylan's been—he did some good things last week as well. We know he's a skillful player, and Johnson at his best is. He is a highly talented player, but as to how many of those guys are, are at an age where you think, well, they're at the peak of their powers, and you think probably a few are past it, but some of them are. Like I think Will Kennedy, as I said, uh, he's a really good player. And I do believe that the Sharks will score some points this week because the Titans are not renowned for their defense. In fact, they're renowned for letting a lot of tries in. Um, but what I do think will happen is that they will score a lot of points. Um, even with David Fafita out, they've, they've been scoring points the last few weeks. Um, we've seen them get into the 30s and lose this year, which is <laughs> yeah. not, 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 you don't see that too often. Um, a lot of these players obviously had, a, had an enjoyable career in the under-20s where that's sort of commonplace. <laughs> but um, they have got a lot of talent in attack. The likes of AJ Brimson, who I would have at Queensland number one. Uh, Brian Kelly's a really good attacking player. Sammy's good in attack. Um, Tanner Boyd, I think, has been impressive in, in the absence of, of Ash Taylor. And uh, Jamal Fogarty, he's, he's a decent player then you look at their forwards Moiki Fotuweka he put that game to bed last week against mm. the Bulldogs with with a break straight through the front line he was surprised himself he came out and kept going um, I was willing him on because I had the Titans last week as my joker and uh, oh. that, that wasn't looking so good at one stage there when they were only four up with not a lot of time to go Anyway, Fotowaker's break and then giving the ball to Brimson, that put the game to bed. David Fafita back is, is massive. I think the Sharks are going to have all sorts of problems trying to control him if he gets involved. And then the, that's the thing about Fafita. When he does involve himself, well, we've seen him a couple of times score three tries and a half. So he's got this explosive ability that no one else in the NRL has. It just, he's got to play, you'd like to see him play for 80 minutes or, you know, at least 60 minutes with a bit of a break somewhere along the line. But he does, he does go missing at times. Something that you can't accuse uh, uh, the number 13, Tino Fasu Amala'awi, he does not go missing this guy. He's the guy, um, he's not the captain of the team officially, but for mine, he's their leader at, at a very young, uh, 21 maybe years of age. Um, he's the driving force. Uh, I just think too many guns, the Gold Coast, uh, they win this game. Um, but I do expect it'll be a high-scoring game uh, up in Coffs Harbour. So the uh, the locals up there and, and those that come from a little bit further up in Titans territory, I think they're going to be entertained um, in this game. 
and I'd be really surprised if we see, uh, you know, a low score. But Graham, uh, who are you on this week? I'm on the Titans as well. Um, I think that, as you said, this game has a, the potential to um, have a lot of points in it. I think the Titans have more points in them. And from what we've seen over recent weeks, I know last week the Sharks only conceded a couple of tries. That was against the Dragons. But the Sharks over their recent um, matches, they've, they've, con- they've had games where they've conceded a lot of points. And you made a good point about the Titans as, as well. They're the type of team that can um, concede points. But you know, they're also the type of team that could, that could win a game 36-30. They'll, um, you know, if they leak points, I feel like they've got more in them. I just feel as though the Titans, um, I, I, I really like their forward pack, especially, you know, with, with Fafita back and Big Tino. Yeah, it's a strong pack, a really yeah, strong pack. Just, just having those two guys in there is just enough to, to fill me with confidence that they can get over the top of the Sharks. And I think that, as you said, enough blokes in that back line there to, uh, to score some points. So I'm... Um, I'm going with the Titans to win this one in a high-scoring contest. Okay, moving on to the final game of the round. We see the Knights taking on the Manly Seagulls. Um, we'll do a bit of a preview of this game first, Griffo, and then I want to talk to you about uh, probably the biggest news story of the week that we yeah. haven't touched yeah, on I'm yet. Yeah, we'll see that as well. After yeah, the, yeah, so yeah. Once, once we've gotten through the game, I know Manly fans have been hanging out to hear us talk about the Knights and Manly uh, and then I'll um, we'll have a, I'll get your thoughts, obviously, on the... Uh, the, the life and career of uh, of the great Bob Fulton. But uh, look, we, we saw the Knights get... Uh, sorry, we saw the Seagulls get the job done last week. Uh, they'll be, I suppose, inspired again this week to um, to go up to Newcastle on Sunday at 4 o'clock and uh, do the club proud again. For the Knights, in regards to team news, um, we have Caelan Ponga and Bradman Best Back on deck. That is a huge, huge boost. <coughs> Excuse me for the Knights. Uh, Kurt Mann moves from fullback to five eight. Uh, Crossland's a new halfback. After we also saw this week Blake Green announcing his immediate retirement from rugby league. Yeah, I heard um, that. Yeah, so that was uh, news that broke uh, from memory. I think it was Tuesday, uh, and that was uh, one that was really out of left field and yeah. uh, unexpected. So the Knights are going to be without Blake Green uh, after announcing his retirement from Rugby League. For the Seagulls, uh, big in for them as well with Curtis Sirenen named to return early from his knee injury. He's going to be on the interchange bench this week. Carl Lawton retains his spot in the side after playing uh, his first game for the club last week. He's been promoted from the bench to the run-on side. Uh, he'll be wearing number 11 this week. Um, Sipley and Lawton were cited, uh, so some people are probably wondering what happened there. They uh, entered early guilty pleas and walked away with fines. Uh, the Seagulls still without Dylan Walker and Kieran Foran. Uh, they're not expected back until um, well, probably another couple of weeks away. I think they've got a bye coming up. So after the bye, we'd expect the Seagulls to uh, welcome back Walker and Foran. Seagulls, they've really been flying high. There was you know a point in this season where 
I was on this podcast saying I can't believe I considered them for my eight. Um, we're, we're now at the point where they're, they're really in form and um, I'm, I'm super confident that they're going to make this top eight this year. Night, so welcome back, Ponga and Best. A couple of big names that you'd want to have on deck against the Red Hot Seagulls. Yeah. Um, this game, Graham, traditionally one, uh, one of the great rivalries as well of the of the 90s and into the early part of the 2000s of course they played um the uh in the ARL grand final in the in the um in the split competition year i think mm. it was 1997 correct yeah um a famous grand final um with Darren Albert scoring the winning try uh, but uh, they had a lot of great clashes with the the chief up against uh, yes. Spod. Um, yeah. It was always uh, a big, big clash. Um, you'd have to say these days, perhaps the teams are, are not um, not high flying as they were back in those days. But potentially the seagulls uh, that that eagle has certainly started to fly. And it all relates to the number one, Tommy Turbo Chaboyevic. Um, we've talked about it before. The influence that this guy has on this team is absolutely amazing. Uh, and unparalleled, really, I think, in, in any team in the competition. The, the, the one player makes such a difference. He inspires the others to be better or to be their best, I should say. Um, he's just got that presence in, in this team. And when he's not there, they struggle. Um, he is there. And, and I, I just can't see them losing this week. Newcastle, for mine, you know, they're just a, a very poor rugby league side. It's not that they lack names. Um, you did mention Ponga coming back. is It's obviously a massive in for them. Uh, and Bradman Best, uh, who's, who's not been at his best um, after a good start to the year. He's had some injuries. His form's dropped. He's playing in a team that, that really, uh, I don't know, I was going to say lacks confidence, but I guess they do. I just don't think they. Um, I don't think they try hard enough, to be honest. Um, they should be doing better. They've got a good mm. squad of players, and they're playing very poorly. Um, there's only a few teams I'll be tipping Newcastle to win against. Obviously, the Bulldogs come to mind and, and, and one or two others, um, possibly the Sharks. Well, I don't even know with that one. Um, I think they've been a major disappointment. I know they've they won four games or five. or they've won They, they four. were up there early. They were, they were winning games early in the season. They were going okay. Yeah, they're four um, from but, 11. Right, they've dipped. And uh, I don't think... Uh, 
I don't think it's a tasty dip. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of tasty dips in my time, but uh, none of them had that Newcastle Knights flavour to them. Um, I think uh, I think they get beat again this week. Manly are on a roll, and I thought they were very very good last week in a game that. You know, I had high expectations of it. And I don't think Parra were dreadful. No. Um, I think the scoreline did blow out a little bit towards the end. But I think it was a very dominant performance by Manly. And they showed that they've got a lot of attack in them. The guy who, along with Tommy Turbo, who really impresses me, from an attacking point of view, is the number six, Josh Schuster. Mm. Um, he's, he's played a fair bit of back row this season. Um, he fancies himself as a six. I think he's played most of his football there. To me, he's almost a bit too big to be a number six. I, I think back row is his goal. But, you know, they've got, they're missing four and then... And, Cade Cust, I think, might be injured as well. He, he was named last week but didn't play. I, I can only assume it was because of injury. Um, but I think, yeah, so so they got Schuster there. He's going to worry Newcastle. Newcastle's defence has got sort of a lot of question marks on it and, and this guy is going to find him out. He's got very good hands. He can make a bust. He's, as I said, he's a big guy. He's, um, he's mobile for a big guy. Um, that back line, the three-quarter line of Saab, Parker, Harper and Garrick um, would not have worried too many teams earlier in the year. In fact, they didn't. Um, but throw in at the back Tommy Turbo and they all become really good players. Um, they've been getting the job done. Uh, I liked what Garrick did. They put a really good move on... Uh, on Blake Ferguson last week made him, you know, sort of embarrassed him to, to an extent you'd have to say, he just went right around him, um, showed some pace that I didn't know he had. Parker is a really solid player. Um, I think he's underrated largely because he's got that much red hair. that uh, he can't be that good, but he's, uh, he's been really good. Harper's been good as well. Uh, former lower grader at the Bulldogs and uh, is, again, one of these guys who's left the Bulldogs and life's gotten better for him on the football field. Uh, the pack for Manly's been really strong. They are missing... Uh, I'm not quite sure how you say his name. Uh, Halakatau, probably just doing a disservice there. One of the really big guys. I'm not sure if it's injury or suspension. Um, I don't know not listed there as yeah he's not oh there he is Ola Ola Katao uh, too um I think it's injury uh with him he's been really good for him uh Sipley's been really good for him and uh Sean Kepi also he's been uh he's been in and out to the side over the last year or so but he's been uh, really uh, he's he's found really good form Playing in the second row now, normally a front rower. Lawton did, he had a good debut for him. He got a try last week. 
um, signed, uh, I believe, uh, as a hooker because that's where he's that's his main goal. But he can play back row, and he's Croker actually as well. So he's impressed me out of dummy half. Um, so it's uh, for me, it's one way traffic this week, and that is all the way of the Manly Warringah Seagulls, Graham. Yeah, you can't argue with that. Um, we've got one team in the Manly Seagulls who, you know, even if we just look at, say, the last five games, they've got four wins, one loss. It's a total flip for the for the Knights. They've uh, got one win and four losses. The thing that worries me about this game, particularly from a Knights point of view, is that the Seagulls are scoring a lot of points. They've they've really found their 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 attacking form since uh, Trebojevic has come back into this side. Whilst the Knights, um, you know, even last week's game, they conceded. It's 36 points. They had the Tigers put 36 on them the week before. These aren't the Premiership heavyweights scoring, you know, six tries against them. These are teams that are really struggling to win games, yeah. scoring at will against the Knights. I really worry about that defensively. We've talked about their forward pack being really disappointing. And looking at the players that are coming in, okay, Ponger at the back might help it a little bit, but realistically, uh, a fullback and a centre coming back into your team's um, not not going to to plug all those those holes that they um, they have in their defensive line. Uh, so I, I'd see. I think Manly's going to run right this week. I think they're going to continue their great form, um, and I think the Knights are going to continue to be one of the disappointments uh, of the season so far. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. So as we said, we um we did have some big rugby league news uh breaking on the weekend. Um and that was the the passing of Bob Bozo Fulton. Uh many of you would would know him as a manly uh legend. Um for some of our younger listeners who may not understand the impact that he's had on the game, I'll give you a bit of a background in regards to his involvement because Regardless of what generation you're from, um, Bob Fulton's had some impact on rugby league, whether it be player, coach, selector, so on and so forth. So um, after being um, born over in Warrington in the uh, in England, he did move to Australia, I think he was about four years old. And the first time the rugby league world really saw him play senior football was in the Illawarra Rugby League where he was playing with uh, Western Suburbs. Uh, while he was playing there, um, he was signed to the Manly Seagulls after um, he was spotted by a Manly talent scout at the time. Uh, Ken Arthurson uh, heard of this and signed him up straight away. And at the ripe age of 18 years old, he was playing for the Manly Seagulls. And this would have been around the time of the mid-60s. I think 1966 was his first year. Uh, those who remember his playing days would remember him as a centre of 5'8". Um, he became the youngest ever captain in grand final history when uh, he led Manly against South in the 68 grand final. Overall, f- uh, for Manly, he made 219 appearances between 66 and 76, uh, scoring 520 points. That was actually a club record until uh, Steve Menzies broke that in 2006. 
those who are from that generation would remember Fulton winning premierships with Manly in 1972, 73 and 76. Uh, a lot of people remember that 1973 game against Cronulla where he, well, a lot of people say he single-handedly um, took control of the game scoring two tries in uh, what could be described as an absolute bloodbath against the Sharks. Um, he actually um, caused a, a bit of a stir, people have said, in rugby league circles when he left Manly. Um, it was, a, I suppose, a, a big deal and something that uh, a lot of people may not all... all remember or realise that he actually did play with the uh, Eastern Suburbs Roosters. He played 56 matches for the Roosters. Um, his career did come to an end after a chronic knee injury. Uh, so uh, that would have been by the time he retired, uh, the late 70s in 1979. In addition to his club career, um, you know, I'd be here all day if I read out all of his accolades in regards to representative football. Um, but uh, we know he was an international for Australia, uh, playing kangaroo tours, World Cups, um, and was very instrumental in a number of those uh, campaigns for Australia. He also went on to have a successful coaching career. Um, I think he actually started his coaching career at the, uh, the Roosters, um, he returned to Manly as a coach in the 80s uh, and he was, um, I think it was 1983, took them to the grand final. I think that was his first year. Uh, in 1987, many people will remember the very um, oh, the very famous Manly side, uh, which was captained by Paul Vorton, uh, coached by Bob Fulton, uh, winning the premiership over the Canberra Raiders. Um, he also succeeded Don Ferner as the Australian national coach. Uh, he coached for 39 tests between 89 and 98. Um, there was also a period in the, uh, the nineties where he returned to Manly as a coach. Um, many also in recent times, those of the younger generation listening would know Bob Fulton as one of the main selectors for New South Wales and Australia. Uh, and also to uh, those who uh, enjoy listening to the radio will recognise Fulton as a member of the Continuous Call team um, on uh, 2GB most recently and first on 2UE. Uh, look, I can go all day and talk about the accolades and the impact he's had. That gives people a bit of a, bit of a background, Griffo. From my generation, um, as someone who, you know, I was born in the, uh, in the 80s and uh, a lot of my football memories are from the, the 90s to now. Uh, he was obviously an instrumental coach and selector through that time. Uh, he, would have been, um, he would have been playing when you were a kid. Do you have any, remember, do you have any memories of him when you were really young, still, uh, still playing footy in the 70s? Yeah, absolutely. Um... It was it was quite a shock when uh, I was listening to one of the one of the stations. It might have been Triple M on Sunday when um, when they came out with the announcement um, because it wasn't known that he'd been ill. 
Um, no. Only, you know, most people in the game didn't know. There was only select few people who knew he was actually been sick. Second bout of prostate cancer. Um, yeah, I, I've got memories for sure. Um, my first memory of watching a game of rugby league on television was was the 1973 grand final um, that you mentioned. Um, black and white TV in those days. Um, uh, I may have watched something before. I just can't remember. That's one that, that I do remember. I think I was in my room and the TV for some reason was in my room. Um, and the TVs in those days, they were like pieces of furniture. Um, uh, big, wide, uh, and I say wide, not the screen was wide. The screen was actually pretty small, but the TVs were, were large. We had these, you know, big things uh, sort of going back into, uh, so they took up a lot of space. Um, and I do remember that game. Uh, the Sharks, the Cronulla Sharks were playing against them, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks against the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles and black and white. So, um, but there was uh, there. Bobby Fulton was the star of that game, and and since that time they did uh, award him the Clive Churchill Medal. They didn't have the Clive Churchill Medal in those days, um, but they went back through grand finals and awarded it. Um, um, and and he he received it. He was the standout player. He got a couple of tries, as you mentioned. He was the difference between the two teams. Um, in a manly side that had uh, that was their second second uh, grand final victory, they'd won in '72, I believe. They beat the, the Roosters. Um, I, I don't have any recollection of watching that game, but um, but then the, the, in '73, which '73, I would have been uh, probably six years old. Um, and uh, well, it was, yeah, I thought, well, this is good. This is rugby league. I like watching this. <laughs> um, and I, I did play at that stage. I, I played in the under sixes. But, yeah, I, I didn't really, I guess, know that much about what was going on. But I do remember that game. Um, Cronulla had a, um, a guy playing called Rick Burke um, who had the long blonde hair and the tape around the head and, um, had guys like Ken Madison, Tommy Bishop, the Englishman was their captain, Cliffy Watson. Uh, he was involved in a lot of the fisticuffs with because uh, there was a lot of it in that game. Bloodbath, as you said. Uh, Manly had guys like um, like Bozo, obviously he was he was the main man, he was the captain. Uh, Graham Eady would have been in that side. Terry Randall. Um, I think Tom Mooney might have been one of their wingers. Uh, Ian Martin, I think, was in the team. They would have had some Englishmen like Mal Riley, Malcolm Riley, who later went on to coach the Newcastle Knights up against Bob Fulton's um, manly side uh, in in the uh, in that game in 1997. They were the opposing coaches. They were teammates for uh, for those glory years of manly when they were winning their first competitions. Um, I think they had another guy, Phil Lowe, I think might have been part of that, another Englishman. Um, so they were, they were 
it was a different game in those days and 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 um fisticuffs were were, were basically part of the game that we don't have anymore which is you know for the better mm. but um it was yeah it was uh there was some rugby league and there was some thugby league uh, all in the same <laughs> 80 minutes. Um, no interchanges or anything like that in those days. But yeah, Bobby Fulton, uh, I remember as a, as a young boy um, uh, and, and I used to, I just used to live and breathe rugby league in, in the seventies. Um, and my dad used to buy me the magazines, big league, rugby league week. Um, and that was, they came out on the think on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And then that was the highlight of my week. And, and I'd read everything. Um, it was all rugby league. I didn't read novels, um, maybe to my detriment. I don't know, <laughs> but I filled my, filled my brain up with rugby league. And in that era, in the 1970s, when I was a young boy, there were, there were really three main guys when you thought rugby league it was bob fulton arthur beatson and tommy radonicus mm. and uh, i do remember um i think my dad probably bought it for a magazine um it was like uh like a maybe i don't know it was like a training tips or something and uh, it was those three guys were, were in it all dressed in their australian um, kangaroos gear um so they were they were the main men um, of the 1970s, all past now, uh, and two of those just, you know, very close together. Uh, as you mentioned, Bobby Fulton did leave Manly. Um, Kerry Packer was um, a big part of the, the, the Eastern Suburbs Roosters, and he, he, um, he brought Bobby Fulton along, along across from... Uh, across to the, the southern side of the harbour. Um, to be honest, I can't remember whether they were overly successful in those three years that he was there. I, I do, but I think he was the captain coach at the end. Um, probably the last of the captain coaches. You think about it these days and think, wow, how, how did they coach and captain? Yeah. Uh, Arthur Beatson did it as well, I think, uh, possibly at, at the Roosters. Um, after Jack Gibson, but yeah, there were a few guys, and, and I think in the '60s it was not uncommon. Mm. Um, it's interesting well. to like just there when you mentioned. Sorry to cut you off. Just when you mentioned Kerry yeah, right. Packer, um, that that also ties into when the Super League War came. That uh, he was very instrumental with Kerry Packer Absolutely. in uh, in backing yeah. the ARL, wasn't he? Absolutely. So yeah. a close ally there, mm, and that's where and, it all started. Uh, yeah. So. He was, uh, along with Phil Gould, largely responsible for trying to sign guys to the uh, kick guys with the ARL. Yeah, and it was obviously it was it was a Packer v Murdoch thing as well. Um, crazy times there, but but yeah, he was a major power broker in the game. Uh, in addition to, you know, his his stellar career, one of the all time greats. He retired in '79, and then when the the Immortals were first named as part of a Rugby League Week promotion, mm. uh, he was he was one of the first four, along with uh, Reg Gaznia, Clive Churchill, and Johnny Raper. And um, 
yeah, Johnny Rape is the only one of those guys with us now. Um, don't know how his health is. I don't think it's great. But um, yeah, I, I didn't see Johnny Raper play or, or the other guys. They were before my time, but I did certainly see a lot of Bob Fulton, and he was uh, he had it all. Um, blinding speed off the mark was was I guess his biggest attribute. Um, and you, I'm sure Graham, you would have seen a lot of footage, you mm. know, over the last week of of Bob Fulton where he scored a lot of individual tries um, just with his speed and, and, and being able to um, just beat a man. Um, so a big loss to the game of rugby league, let alone the Manly Club, where he is uh, their greatest player. Um, and not just a player, but coach, um, administrator, and he and uh, his sons have had a big part in developing young talent at Manly. Um, and we've seen in the last few years Manly being quite successful, including this year in the junior reps. A lot of that is a result of, of the pathways. Essentially, when I say pathways, they've gone out and they've brought kids in from Western Sydney. They've identified yeah. talent, got them over to Manly and, um, and put them <clears> through the Manly system. And, and that's going on um, where especially they're getting guys at a quite a young age from places like Penrith, um, signing them up at like 14, 15, the best talent available. And then they're coming through and representing the Manly and, um, so the long-term, the long-term viability of this club on the field looks pretty good because they've got a lot of players who are starting to come into first grade now, and certainly will do over the next few years. Um, and we we saw Manly win the under the under twenties uh, competition, um, one of the last years where they had that national under twenties competition. Manly took it out. Um, and, and a number of those guys are now playing first grade. Kepi is one. I think Paseco was another. Um, the guy who's uh, temporarily indisposed at Silverwater, the, uh, the, the hooker, Fainu, was in that side as well. So, um, And I think another guy, Tavita Vuna, who's regularly on the reserves bench. So there's... Um, you know, I know Manly that they're building a new centre of excellence and things like that, and Brookvale's being renovated a bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure you'll find that uh, that that'll be called the the Bobby Fulton, uh, whatever it is they're the, the, they're building. You'd imagine um, so. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, he was a great of the game, an all-time great. You know, he's up right up there. Um, with the best that's ever played the game. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, many, many tests for Australia over a long period of time. Um, he, he took the kangaroos um, to those years where they were known as the Invincibles and whatnot. And, um, so, yeah, just a huge figure. Uh, small in stature, 
huge, um, huge in in what is left as a legacy. Yeah, definitely one of the uh, one of the greats of the game. Um, as you said, one of the original Immortals. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah, passed away this week. Uh, so condolences to his family, uh, his wife Anne. Uh, he had two sons who both paid for Manly. Those who uh, watched footy in the 90s would uh, probably remember Scott and Brett, his sons, and also he, uh, he had a daughter, Christy. Um, so, yeah, all of our condolences go out to the family as well as the, the wider Manly community because I know that this news would have uh, caught a lot of people off guard and um, it's, uh, it's really uh, pleasing to see that... Uh, a state funeral has been offered by uh, the Premier, and I think that's yeah. uh, definitely Very fitting. fitting. Yep. Very fitting, yeah. Totally agree. Well, um, on that note, we might uh, we might finish up, Griffo. I don't think we can uh, we can take it anywhere after that. That's uh, that's definitely the, the biggest story for us this week. Whilst uh, we love our footy on the field, we've got to remember that uh, the, the game is made up of a lot of special human beings, and unfortunately we lost one this week. And um, we wanted to make sure that we, we remembered uh, Bob Fulton. And um, I'm really looking forward to, um, to seeing this week's footy. And, uh, and I hope that uh, everyone has a great week and that your, win pl- your team plays to their potential and uh, that that might result in a win. Absolutely. Um, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And enjoy, enjoy round 12, the halfway point of the competition, really. Indigenous round this week. Plenty to look forward to. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Bye-bye.